A quick warning to our club members. Today's episode features themes of sexual abuse, specifically towards children. Club member discretion is advised. People are safe from ghouls and ghosts and the living dead in the daylight. And they're usually safe from them at night if they're with others. But a person alone in the dark. Women alone in the dark are like open doors. Even if they scream for help, who knows what might answer? Who knows what people see in the moment of their solitary death? members i'm kate and i'm ariana and welcome back to another deglovetastic meeting of the nightlight <laughs> horror movie club do people know what a degloving is do they not why don't you tell them i feel like i say that to owners and they're like they're like what is that oh we'll talk about it we'll teach you all about degloving injury <laughs> and why they're so relevant to movie oh man they're gross it's intense they're disgusting uh i literally couldn't watch that scene this time oh really yeah i'll get i'll talk about it when we get there but yeah i skipped that scene i've played i've seen that scene three times now and i was like you know what i don't need to do this to myself again skip 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 (laughs) i went past i was like sitting there with my popcorn i was like i can't wait till she Breaking tries to cut her hand off. Fucking gross. Gross. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the pod, everyone. Um, today we are going to be talking about a really special movie, not just because it's a great movie, but because today's episode was recommended by our very own club member, our club editor. He does so much for us. He keeps this club chugging along. Lamar. Yay! Yes, Yay! Lamar. Lamar, you better put some clapping audio right here when you're editing for yourself. <laughs> Clap for yourself. Round of applause. Round of applause for, for Lamar. We genuinely love him and we appreciate him so much. And we're so glad that we found him. And I really liked the movies that he picked. So um, we did like an editor's choice poll that we threw to our club officers. That's our Patreon members. Um, If you're a patron, you get to vote on what movie we cover. And uh, we do a lot of theme polls. But I wanted Lamar to kind of talk about some of his his scary movies because we've been getting to know him more and more as he's been listening to us cover. And he's been like emailing us and saying, oh, yeah, I like this is how I felt about this part or this part. Yes. And it's just been really fun um, getting to know him and kind of learning about his his taste in horror because everyone has a different one. His vibe. Yeah. And I think this is his favorite horror movie is what I believe. <laughs> it, it, I know it's up there because um, it's, it's one of the four he picked for the poll, but I'm pretty sure we'll we'll clarify because, guys, yeah. I have a very, very special surprise because if you stay tuned until the end of the episode, Lamar is joining us for a chat about one of his favorite scary movies, maybe his favorite scary movie. And we'll get to hear it, um, hear, how, hear what he what he thinks about it. So I'm super stoked to have him. Yeah. Get get a mic in front of him and start talking to you guys. <laughs> yeah, you guys get to meet Lamar. Lamar! So exciting. Oh, we love him. He's he's priceless. He's precious. And uh, yeah, so I'm really excited to get going with this episode. You already heard the content warning, uh, but for real, one of this movie's like main themes is sexual abuse, 
uh, specifically towards children. Um, mm-hmm. And there's degloving injuries. So, you know, enter at your own <laughs> risk. And uh, here we are. <laughs> You're listening to a horror movie podcast. It's going to be weird. It's going to be disturbing. Uh, but yeah. also a spoiler warning, if you're still with us and the content warning hasn't scared you off. Spoiler, spoiler warning. warning. This is a twisty, will she, won't she kind of movie. So if you have Netflix, I would watch it first. It's a Netflix original. Um, but it if is. you're like me and you dumped Netflix whenever it got all particular about <gasps> did you oh yeah done so done with them wait how recently like in the last few months like yeah. when they got like extra particular oh, yeah when they were like okay. you can't share with people in other households like the family plan is just like and like they're being jerks about like what screen you're using and it was just like i'm like i'm oh just my not, god i know you don't have enough content for me to put up with this from you so i broke also, up it's not I mean, they've been slowly increasing their prices, and mm-hmm. I feel like this whole time we've been like, oh, well, it's fine. You know, five of us use this, but for if you're going to make it so that one person has to pay like $15 a month for these movies, it's like, I don't know if that's worth it. Yeah. To watch Love is Blind? No. Like, <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> but like, Love is Blind, though. <laughs> no, Love is Blind is so upsetting. You know what? I'm not getting into this again. Ariana, stop baiting me with Love is Blind. (laughs) Kate is like Team Love Island UK all the way. Oh, my God. I love Love Island. We're not here to talk about Love Island. We're here to talk about a Stephen King adaptation. (laughs) Close, but not the same. Buckle up, kiddos. Uh, Speaking of Stephen King, uh, so this was obviously Stephen King's book from 1992, Gerald's Game. Uh, that was adapted by Mike Flanagan for Netflix in 2017. And I haven't seen, I haven't read the book. I've done some reading about the book, which is cheating. Right. But I'm pretty sure you've told me that you've at least read part of it at some point. I did. And I thought when I told you that I never finished it, but in retrospect, I think I did finish it. But I read it so long ago that I had to kind of jog my memory in regards to how it's different from the movie. But because it's very similar. It's very similar. But there are some big parts that are pretty different as well in regards to like who Jesse is as a person Mm. and even like big plot points, too. So we'll go into how the book differs from the movie at the end of everything. Oh, very exciting. I like it. Um, Yeah. I would love to do that as we kind of go through the blow, the blow by blow of the movie. And I also I don't want to spoil everything up front because, again, this is so twisty and turny. And it's like, is this is this real? Is that real? There's a lot. There's a lot. So yeah. I, I want to kind of like go through it as if I'm watching it for the first time, even though this is my fourth viewing of Gerald's yeah, game. Yeah, I was going to say, me and Kate have seen this movie so many times. So many times. And it's been on polls yeah. before. So whenever Lamar was like, yeah, I love Gerald's game. I was like, girl. Yeah. Let's go. And, so, and the club was too. Know, they were I like, Gerald's it. game, let's go. Hell yeah. So Absolutely. people are hyped for it. I put a, a, a photo of the Moonlight Man on our Instagram story, and that's all I put. Oh my God. And everyone yes. was like, yes, I know. They were ready. They knew who that creepy guy in the corner was. I was like, that, those are my people. So I'm He I'm makes the story. He's he creepy as it. fuck. Uh, I've just been dying yeah. to cover this movie. So, so grateful for Lamar for picking it and for our club officers and our patrons for choosing it. And speaking of our club officers, it's time for club bulletins. <gasps> Wowie. Something to shuffle. shuffle. your papers. Okay, it's, it's, a, it's like a planner. Okay, it's it sounds a gavel. like a planner. It's a gavel situation. <laughs> I don't think that sounds like paper. Gavel, shuffling. gavel, gavel. 
Club bulletins. We're going to do our club bulletins. So first off, welcome back to all of our club members. And if it's your first time, welcome. By listening to this episode, you are a club member. Uh, We don't charge any dues. It's free for whoever wants to listen, who wants to participate, who wants to talk to us on Instagram, who wants to recommend movies. But we do have club officers, and those are our adorable, sexy patrons who support the club and they get a lot of special fun stuff like they get to be included in our discord channels um we have a new discord channel um that was recommended by one of our club members which is a witchy channel i saw that we also have a new animal channel we have a pet cemetery channel which has so many cute animals on it i was just literally sitting there this morning that's why i was late to record kate because i'm always late to record but that was the specific reason why because i was sitting on the discord liking all of the (laughs) all of the cat and dog photos i'm like oh my god they're so cute i'm so glad we finally have a place to like meet everybody's pets (laughs) because that's what i've always wanted and i I love that it's called pet cemetery i don't know whose idea that was it wasn't mine it's brilliant adorable (laughs) um so yeah our discord is super super fun and also you get to vote for the movies and we're we're having we're floating some more ideas so that we can give you guys more privileges um, because you deserve it because y'all are the best club ever. And we do have some more club officers that I would love to announce. So, oh, my God. Amazing. We have a new club vice president. Woo, vice president. Oh, shoot. OK, we got Robin and he is from Cary, North Carolina. <gasps> oh, yeah. He's in our hood. Do you know him? I know a little bit about him. Are, are, we have like a little okay. bit in common, it turns out. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, hell yeah, climb aboard. And so we just really appreciate Robin and for supporting the club and getting more Southerners in here. And club secretaries. <laughs> we got two of them. We got Joe oh, wow. from okay. Delaware. Love you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Nice. And then we got Tom oh, yeah. from New Jersey. We got a Jersey boy. Oh, my God. These people are literally joining from like my neck of the woods and your neck of the woods. It's <laughs> perfect. It. Fight, 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 fight. Hell we need yeah. like a Mason Dixon line uh, fight. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say we need more northerners in here. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, you're from Florida. She's Florida from, don't count. Florida's it its own count, fucking honestly. country. <laughs> and I do have a club treasure. We, I don't normally shout out the club treasure, but I, I really wanted to because uh, Kat is from Alabama. Nice. So that's another point. For the Southerners. And also (sighs) uh, Kat being from Alabama because this movie is set and filmed in Alabama. It is. Not the book, though, because it's a Stephen King book. The book is probably Maine. It's fucking in Maine. Yes. It is in Maine. Stephen King (laughs) cannot set a book anywhere except for Maine. I love it, though. I love it. I love a theme. I love that it's like a a universe. It's like same with, um, you know, Shyamalan. Everything's in Philadelphia. I love that shit. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I will say like if I was um oh I did, I, did uh, you know what I'm getting the ADHD I got to reel it in I'll tell you about <laughs> ADHD because we had <laughs> challenged each other a couple episodes back for writing a short story whenever we did our Frankenstein mini oh wow and I have started one <gasps> stop it oh my god I'm so excited and my the main character is influenced heavily by you. Oh, shit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Wait, are you going to read it on the air? Yes. Maybe. We'll see. For a mini episode? (laughs) Yes. I'm so excited. I don't think I ever could. I think I would be way too embarrassed. But no, Kate, you have to. Maybe if it's not hot garbage. If it's not steaming hot garbage. (laughs) Maybe. It definitely is not. And if it is, y'all better tell me. I'm sure it's amazing. It's fine. (laughs) Just tell me it's good. (laughs) Um, And uh, she's a... A northern girl living in the south so she's 
dealing because you're oh, constantly shit. talking. Oh. Every time I go visit, you're like, stop smiling at people. <laughs> stop talking to people. So like she's a mix of like me and you. Um, Kind of. Ki- ki- I guess we'll have to find out. I think you'll like it. I hope you'll Ooh. like it. I'm dedicating it to you, obviously. My one true love. Oh, my God. My darling. This is awesome. <laughs> and maybe I never finish it, but at least the first chapter has been dedicated to you. That's all I've wow, written. Wow. That's very exciting. Anyway, enough about my stupid writing experiences. <laughs> Let's talk about Gerald's game. Let's talk about Stephen yes. King. Let's talk about Mike Flanagan. David. Can I just say, can I just say, I've really thought about this because, you know, I'm a big Stephen King fan. I'm pretty sure you are, too. Yes. I didn't mm-hmm. know that you had read Gerald's Game, though. That's fascinating. I did. That's the only one of his books I've read, though, I think. Interesting. Okay. Yes. I have read... I know you've read it. And The Stand. The Stand. Okay. I read The okay. Stand. Okay. I started The Stand in 2020. Oh, the really? The Stand is about a pandemic. <laughs> oh, you're like, here we go. Let me escalate my it anxiety. Was before, it was like before... It was like January of 2020. I started that oh, book. Oh, shit. Really? You didn't know? No, no. It's one of my dad's favorite books, um, and he oh got it for God. me for Christmas. But I've read those two. I haven't read any other ones. But I would really like to read Gerald's Game after watching the movie four I times. No, if you would. I mean, you you would enjoy the comparison. Um, but after having seen the movie, I think it would be a step down, in okay. my opinion. I think if you are going to do both, I think reading the book first would be the recommendation. Oh, well, too late. It's kind of like a Pearl X situation. Well, you know, some <laughs> yeah, the, the Pearl before X, X before Pearl. Yeah. Well, I, I, mm-hmm. I was really thinking about it because we've seen a lot of Stephen King adaptations because we um, live in the universe that's filled, literally brimming with Stephen King adaptations. Brimming. Yes. And so many of them miss the mark because there's just so many like they can't all be wonderful. And it's right. It's all opinion. Sure. Right. Like mm, one of my mm-hmm. favorite adaptations of The Shining and Stephen King himself fucking hated Kubrick's adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, art is art. I guess it depends on what you want it to be. Exactly. It's art. So it's it's really subjective. But in my right. opinion, and I really, really thought about this because I'm a both of us, I think, are big, fa- big fans of Mike Flanagan, who directed wrote mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah. And his whole team. We just love his whole team, which I'll talk about them because Mike Flanagan works with a lot of the same cast and crew. Oh, love it. So we got Mike Flanagan. We got his taste and his styles and we love Mike Flanagan. But nobody's perfect. Not even Mike. And the, I and I have like one criti- one of my major critiques of Mike Flanagan or one of the main things that I personally takes a little bit of eh, like it kind of just like a little bit needs a little bit of sanding is his monologues and his dialogue like whenever there's Ooh, not always okay not always okay. but mike mike flanagan loves a monologue he does i love it though i do too but sometimes it, like if it's not the right if it doesn't click perfectly i'm stuck for a very long time <laughs> really yeah, yeah. okay Okay. Not all of them. Midnight Mass is one of my favorite miniseries. I, I okay. never. I was gonna say Midnight Mass. I could think of like four monologues that are like Chef's Kiss. Yes, amazing. And I can also think of two that I want to delete from the series. Oh, okay. Which okay. we may talk about because sure. we may be covering Midnight Mass in the future. We need to do Midnight Mass. I yeah, it's been to. long enough. We want to do, do it, it for <laughs> October. Everyone's like, Yeah. Ooh. Why are you so obsessed with Mike Flanagan? And that's like because I am. Because he's an icon. He's an icon. A legend. <laughs> yeah. And his TikToks are so cute. He's just adorable. Really? Yeah. It's just like him doing like bits with his wife and it's cute. <gasps> Stop it. It's like 
it's like watching your dad <laughs> on TikTok. Yes. It's really cute. <laughs> but I some of his some of his dialogue, but not all of it. I'm like, mm. but one thing about Stephen King, Stephen King's writing, God knows there are some issues there and some of the things like and it's like it catches you oh, by yeah. surprise sometimes because it's like, oh, this is going well. What the fuck did he just say? I know. I know. I'm assuming you're talking about like mm, things that don't age well. Yes. OK. OK. I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. The stand. There's a lot of it, too. In this book, there's a lot of that shit. I think that's why it turned me off a little bit. Under- yeah. And understood. And I think that his intentions are good. Yeah, I agree. Because because the book, he actually, you know, th- there's a lot of themes here, a lot of feminist themes, which is why I was mm-hmm. like, I was, I'm watching this movie and I'm like, Stephen King wrote this, really? Because he's not great at writing women. He's <laughs> just gonna, not. I'm just going to say He's definitely it. not. He's I feel like not. I've told you this before, Kate, like a big part of what turned me off from this book is because it is written, a big part of it is written from her perspective. And if you guys know anything about this movie, you probably know the title picture, which is her can cuff to a bed. So that's, you know, obviously there's a sexual component. Yeah. And she spends the entirety of the movie basically in like lingerie slash a nighty. And the whole time in the book, she's like constantly looking at her body and like Ew. describing her body in a sexual way that like <gasps> a woman would never have thoughts about. And so like that is what really took me out of the book. Uh, so, so I'll say that right away. And it's I like, know. I know he I know. means well, like that book has a strong feminist message and like I know how it ends and it ends very similarly to this one um and it's very poignant the meaning is very poignant but yeah it's like these little king you can stop it like stop it I know well he needed a he needed more of a woman I think a woman's touch and someone involved yes and he has women in his life because he dedicated that book to his wife and his five sisters that's very nice. Is it, I see, didn't know you have five sisters. It's, yeah, yeah, he has five sisters and his wife, Tabitha, and he dedicated the book to them, which I think shows that his heart is like in the right yeah. place. Plus, I mean, it was written, what, 30 years ago? Yeah. I mean, like it was written the year we were born. Like, you know, who there fucking worse books about women out there? <laughs> it is. It is always going to be hard when you write a book about social commentary about, you know, these big issues that people have a lot of opinions out. But at that moment in time, things yeah. are going to change. And so 30 years later, we're looking at it like, what the fuck? But I'm sure that was progressive as shit back in the it, day. It definitely. Yeah, I know it was. But versus now we're like cringe yeah. uh, canceled. Um, but yeah, not here to cancel <laughs> Stephen King. I think he's wonderful. I just think that that's a that's a flaw with him. <laughs> he's like canceled. No, canceled. That's a flaw with him. And that's a flaw with Mike Flanagan. So I think that when they when they combine Mike Flanagan is very good at writing female characters and i think i was gonna say you're that's a i thought you were saying that mike flanagan had the same flaw and i was no, like really 100 percent not way? okay and i think a lot of that i agree. I, I'm, I mean I'm, this is just me guessing but i know he, he like kate siegel his wife who is also in yeah. this movie because you know it's like a rob zombie <laughs> sherry moon zombie sort of situation always gonna be there and we, and we, we love, love it, it. I, I know that she works very closely with him in like the production and the writing and the directing like they're like a partnership okay. good good that tracks for sure and like Hush, she wrote Hush and starred in Hush completely and he directed. But if you go back and listen to our episode, it was very much like them working as a team. Very close together. OK, I yeah. think that kind of like puts the, it heals. It kind of heals these wounds. It kind of softens the edges on King's writing. Oh, I was going to say this movie came out before Hush, correct? Yeah. Hush came out in okay. 2018, I think. Oh, wait, no. Hill House. Hill House came out in 2018. Hush, all right, Hush was 2016. I was wrong. Hush came first. Okay. Hush came out in 2016. 
Then this came out in 2017. And that's a Netflix original as well. Correct. N- was it? I thought it was. I don't know. Oh, was it? Do they have a partnership, I guess, Mike Flanagan and Netflix? Uh, they kind of do. We got because then you get they Hill do. House that comes out in 2018, then Bly Manor. And then we got Midnight Mass as recently as 2021. Yeah. And then that other one yeah. that I'm not going to watch. No offense. It just doesn't look like my cup of tea. Cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. Okay, interesting. I feel like I watched Hush before I watched, or I watched Gerald Game before I watched Hush. Hmm. Um, and I had no knowledge of Kate Siegel and to the point where like I didn't recognize her like, oh my God, that's Kate Siegel. Mm-hmm. When I saw her, she has a somewhat minor role in this movie. But I don't know. I just feel like... I feel like she's grown so much. I don't know if maybe they just had her be the mom because they were like, oh, this is like somewhat of a minor character. Like, we'll just kind of put you in this role because you need to be in this movie because you're one of us. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm not paying somebody. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Very interesting. And okay. Because like with Mike Flanagan, though, like where I have where I struggle, like he has great stories, but he does struggle. He loses me a little bit in the dialogue. And Stephen King is so good at dialogue and monologues and like speech. He's really, really good at that. So, and I know that there's a lot of stuff that's lifted directly from the book. Like, yes, like Mm -hmm. lines directly from the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that absolutely is, I think that, so I think that the King Flanagan combination is like incredible and it's my favorite King combination ever. And I want more of it. I agree. I think they complement each other perfectly. Well, they did Dr. Sleep. Ooh, yeah. That came out after though, right? Yeah. Dr. Sleep was after. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, um, uh, yeah, so I I agree with you in regards to the monologues from the book. I know specifically when I was reading the book, I was like, wow, like they were really brave to make this into a movie because the book is 95% in her brain, like memories, thoughts. Actually, it's probably 100% in her brain. It's just like her internal monologue mm-hmm. with like intermittent snippets of like, things from other people's perspective, but it's almost exclusively her monologuing in her own head. So I know that this was like a notorious book for like, this is why we haven't made a movie adaptation because like we'd have to figure out how this would work. And he did change a few of the things from the book to make it more a movie Mm -hmm. and less of just listening to someone talk in their own head. But it was definitely, you know, something that they had to sit down and be like, how are we going to do this? Yeah. And I think they did it pretty good. Yeah. And that we talk about this a lot. I usually talk about it in reference to like musical adaptations, I know. But if you take any source material and you're going to adapt it to a different medium, for example, book to movie or making a TV show, and so many people don't do this, you need to elevate it. You need to take it and you need to say yes and like you need to do something else yep. with it it's like godfather and godfather mm-hmm. too so yeah i think that mike flanagan kind of takes that Did challenge that. on and he does takes it very seriously i agree yeah he does it well for sure there are big points in the movie that i liked like big plot points that are completely not in the book and we'll get there Ooh, but it's crazy oh, yeah i do mm-hmm. want to talk about it okay well i want to talk a little bit about the cast and the crew since we've been talking a bit about Kate Siegel, so yes. who is who Kate Siegel plays the main character's mom and some flashbacks. But we gotta talk about our queen. Oh my god, she's fucking gorgeous. Stunning. I'm fully obsessed with Carla Gugino. She's dressed as her right now, you guys. You can't see it. 
You forgot. I was, of course, late to recording this and I had to make it up to Kate. So, so like I said, the main character is basically in lingerie the whole movie, but at the beginning of the movie, she's like the queen of midi dress. Like oh, she's she wearing looks a amazing. midi dress and like a floppy hat. At the end of the movie, she's wearing like a cute midi dress again. So I wore my midi dress. I wore my floppy hat to do this recording for Kate and for you guys. And it was <laughs> worth the wait, I will say. It was so cute <laughs> to see her come on with her little hat and you're wearing your cute little floral dress and you look like her. It's nuts. You look like Jesse before shit goes down. Oh my God. She's so beautiful. She's so beautiful. I look like Jesse like two days after being handcuffed to the bed. I like just roll. <laughs> I look like I'm talking is, to hallucinations. It is so insane because yeah, because in this movie, obviously like we'll talk about it more, but she is handcuffed to the bed. She's like, almost dying from dehydration and she looks like hell but then it flashes to like her idea of herself and she's fucking gorgeous like she's hydrated and she's got mascara on and you're just like holy shit you're like i forgot how beautiful you are (laughs) we haven't said it directly um jesse is the main character she's played by our queen our mother carla gugino um spy kids (laughs) i knew you were gonna mention spy kids you want to hear something super depressing no i don't she was our age when she did spy kids that's really depressing she was 30 that's really depressing i know i literally i looked up her age because i was like how is it that i feel like she hasn't aged in like 20 years and the reason is because i feel like me and you were at that (laughs) perfect age when we watched spy kids where she looked like a a mom character yeah for sure but she was a very young mom character like she was her kids were like 13 her kids were Yes, her kids were like in middle school, but Carly Gugino was 30 when she did that role. Right, and I'm she's 45 in this role. No, okay, she looks very young. I'm looking at pictures of it and I'm looking at it with my adult eyes. And if I if I met this I woman- I was gonna say, as children though, as children, you're like, mom. yeah, she looks like a mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. you're like, she looks, you just assume she's like maybe in her 40s. Like she has like kids that are like- You just guess. In middle school to early high school. You're like, okay, maybe you're in your 40s. I, I wonder don't know, why they did but... that. I mean, I'm happy they did it because we got Carla, but Antonio Banderas, who is also in Spy Kids, is definitely not 30. I agree. And it's the same with this movie. Bruce Greenwood is 60 and she's 45. That so there's a 15 the year difference. It does. It does. Like she's definitely like the young hot wife, but at the same time, like they can dress her in like- a midi dress and like a conservative outfit with like a cute floppy hat. And she looks a lot more mature than she is, which really accentuates how beautiful she is, I think. Yeah. Because then you're like, oh, wow. Like, you know, she's maybe she's older, but her face is gorgeous and young looking. And she's married to like this gross six year old man with a casual six pack for no reason. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just it's very weird. The mind games Carla Gugino plays with our with our emotions, with our hearts, I think. <laughs> yes. Carla, <laughs> she definitely fooling everyone. And she <laughs> speaking of our hearts and the game she plays. I am so sorry to report that she has been with her partner since God for decades. They've been together. Yes. Uh-huh. And that makes me so happy. So I'm happy for Aww. you, Carla. But if you change your mind, we will be your we will sister wife this for you. We will be your triad. Yeah, we'll be a triad with you. Or your child. I really don't care. Just tell me. <laughs> tell me your skincare. Wait, game. Were you saying were you saying you wanted her as a mom? And I was like, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Mother or wife, your preference. As long as you let me in on your nighttime skin routine, I'm in. Oh my God. Yeah. Can we all just like be in a bathroom together and you like teach us exactly 
how to get rid of our under eye. <laughs> our yeah. Under how, eye do we, how do we look like, like you, Carla? <laughs> Which tincture oh is it? She's like Botox and fillers. A lot of money <laughs> is, is how you I do go. it, my darling. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, let's be real, everybody. Let's money. Money is how you look like that. Yes. And, mm-hmm. uh, but still yeah. I will, if she, if she was selling a skin cream, I would bathe in it. So I would also bathe in it. Carla Gugino. We will obsess about her throughout this uh, episode. So don't worry, we're not done with her. We will talk about Gerald. It is his game after all. So that's Bruce Greenwood, (laughs) a name that you probably didn't know, um, but you definitely know his face. Yeah. Like, what else is he in? What is he like? I couldn't. Known for. I started started to pull up his, like, TV and film history. It's extensive. It's so much. He's in fully so many movies. He's he's an actor. You can't place him. He's an actor that I feel like everyone will recognize him from something different. You're right. You're right. Yes. And he's Canadian. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's Canadian. I I am like a half of Hollywood is Canadian. I don't know why. They just are. But yeah, Bruce Greenwood (laughs) is Gerald and he's fabulous. Like for, and there's not many actors in this movie. It's like a pretty tight cast. And you got to really impress me for me to like even look at you when Carla Gugino is on the screen. But true. He was amazing. He was intense. He was scary. He was really, 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 really good. Yes. I will say in the book, he is not a hot guy. In the book, her husband is described as like creepy looking and not in shape at all. So it definitely changes the character when you picture what he does, you know, and he's not like this beautiful silver fox. But anyway. I'm just letting you know that so that you can it's, start I like pondering it better. <laughs> I know I'm pondering it really hard. I'm, I think I would like yeah. it. I think I like it better that he's like a fit guy and that he's super yeah. well respected because this he's clearly extremely successful financially. Like this whole movie takes place at like oh, one yes. of their homes. Yeah. One of their many homes. One of their many like, <laughs> private vacation homes. Fully stocks their fridge with like Kobe. Kobe ribeye. That's like yeah. $200 a portion. And there's like six in there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like this guy is got money. He's got money now. Oh yeah, he's a very <laughs> money. I got money. He's, he's a very successful lawyer. But I agree with you. I like it better that he's like almost at her level physically because in the book she's described as like very beautiful and he's described as like not very handsome and a lot older than her. And so it's kind of he like does that a lot. King does. <laughs> he does that in it. He does it in the stand. It sets her up for you're kind of like a little bit like good for her, but also like more good for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I want to be on Carly Gugina's side. I want to be like, damn girl, you have like a guy that's 15 years older than you. And like, he's hot, you know, like, like I want to she's putting up with from this man, right. from this relationship with this man, like clearly we'll get into it. There's some there's some history and some trauma that explains all the decisions yeah, that she makes. But mm-hmm. The fact that he is this like handsome, successful lawyer um, makes all of it a lot more palatable and like easy to be I like, agree. everything's fine. It's OK that he said that joke at that par- at that work party. You know what I mean? Yes. And it, it makes more sense to me. No, I agree. And it paints her as a little bit more of like a traumatized person if she's like putting up with this shit from a man as described in the book it's like okay like there's something going on here Mm -hmm. 
which I don't want to, I no don't right want away. that at the beginning. Right. I don't want to start pitying her immediately. No. Like I want to be like a little bit on her side and be like, okay, like let's feel this out. And yeah. that's, I feel like how the movie presents the characters. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a, that's an adaptation that I'm glad that they, they, they updated. That makes more sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, you're right. I would have immediately been like, ew, <laughs> why are you doing this? I know. Ugh. Yeah. He's an asshole. And he's more of an asshole in the book, too. I believe it. There's more time for him to say yep. more creepy things. And yep. then, of yep. course, yep. we have one one more actor that I'm going to shout out, which is Henry Thomas, E.T. boy. Yes. Henry Thomas. Is, we love it. We really love him. I can't get over how much I love this little E.T. man child. Like, he's perfect. And he's, again, in all oh of God. Mike Flanagan's All of Mike work, Flanagan's. All of them. Yeah. There's something so, like, creepy about seeing someone that you know so well as a child, as an adult, but, like, with the same face. It's almost, like, uncanny valley creepy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But also we love him, and he's, like, America's sweetheart. So you're like, why am I watching you do bad things? And yeah. it almost, like, makes it worse for you. So, like, it's such a great, like, actor choice, I it feel is. like. And that's why Mike Flanagan keeps bringing him back because yeah. he knows the vibe. He knows he what he's it. doing to us. He's there for yeah. it. And it's not like Mike, it's not like Mike Flanagan or like the crew. They're not always writing him in the same role. You know what I mean? It's right. All of these yeah. roles that he's in are extremely different characters. And he just yeah. crushes it, crushes it, crushes it. And I like I forget yeah. about his other characters when I'm watching him in whatever role he's in. And I can't say that I for agree. all actors. So very, yep. very impressed with Henry Thomas. And we're glad he's here, even though he's a bit of a problem as a character. <laughs> and that's putting it <laughs> as lightly as I can. One of the bad guys in this movie, but then he's like a very good guy in Hill House and then like a very negligible character in Midnight Mass. And it's like, what negligible. is going on? <gasps> yeah, he doesn't really I'm not say opening much. that up yet. We're saving that. All right. We'll talk about it later. We'll Ooh. talk about it later. <laughs> we will talk about that later. So anyway, that's most of the cast. I did want to bring up some of the crew because I think that the crew is hugely important for all of Mike Flanagan's work because it really is like a collaboration. So, yeah. Um. The director, it's all directed by Mike, but the writing is Mike Flanagan and I think a good friend of his, Jeff Howard. And I looked into Jeff. And so they very frequently will collaborate and co-write works together and produce works together. Wow. So they they co-wrote Oculus, which we love Oculus. They co-wrote Ouija, which you saw. um, Yes. Origin of Evil. Ouija's a good one. They also... um, uh, he was one of so Hill House was and Midnight Mass. They both had like multiple writers essentially because that's how that's how he that's how he does it. And so he was one of the main writers and producers on Hill House, and he was the the executive producer for Midnight Mass. So nice. I love Jeff Howard, and I like that we're keeping him around. And this is my personal opinion, and one of the things that I really like about Mike Flanagan and why I like his work so much. And it's that he, in my opinion, him collaborating with other writers. Mm-hmm. like strengthens and like diversifies the projects. I think it's one of the main reasons that each work doesn't feel like, oh, this is another Mike Flanagan movie. This is another Mike Flanagan miniseries. I know it's going to mm. have some different yeah. elements to it. And I think it's because creatively he opens himself up to other people. I agree. Yeah. He's he's so great. I feel like it's it also shows who you are as a person that you can work with the same people over and over. Right. Like you're obviously a, a great guy to mm-hmm. work with. If people want to keep working with you. Yeah, so that's a, yeah, exactly. So 
all the mm-hmm. more reason that I like him. Same thing with the cinematographer. So the cinematographer is Michael Fiminari, and uh, he worked with Mike Flanagan being this primary cinematographer on Oculus, Before I Wake, Ouija, and Doctor Sleep. So, and this. Wow. So. Wowee. And he's very good. That's awesome. Like, one, like Gerald's game, the cinematography, you would, like, you would have to be very creative to make the cinematography memorable because most of it takes place in one room. In a room. In, in a, a room. So the Literally. fact that I actually like, like I, there were like scenes that I'm like, oh, that was, that's beautiful. And like, that's stunning. And that's creepy. Yeah. Like it's hard to make cinematography beautiful and creepy to do both. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this guy can do it. Yeah. So Michael, I notice you keep it up. Yeah. He's got an artsy vibe. We love it. But that's really most of the, the cast and crew. Wait, I want to talk about one more actor. Tell me. You didn't talk about one actor that I was expecting you to talk about that I love. Tell me. Guess who it is. Is it who? The dog. It's the Moonlight Man. <gasps> Carol Struck? Strucken? I don't know. He's Dutch. I, I'm oh, he's probably Dutch. butchering okay. that name. The Moonlight yeah. Man. He's the Moonlight Man. He's seven feet tall. He <gasps> is acromegalic IRL. And he's still alive and 75 years old. And he has a wife. Good for him. I know. And he was in a lot of other shit. He was in Adam's Family. Oh, my God. He was in Doctor Sleep as the grandpa. He was in Adam's Family. Yeah. Oh, my God. He has a very extensive filmography, huh? Yeah. And a lot of them are horror movies. And obviously, you know, he's a very tall guy and he's got certain characteristics that lend him to that. Mm -hmm. That being said, I would characterize this man as a wince prince. A wince prince. I think I, you know what you haven't you haven't talked about wince princes in a while. So I was underprepared. So a wince prince. A wince prince is the equivalent of a scream queen, yes. but for men. But for men, <laughs> I love prince. it. I gladly yes. give him his wince prince dumb. Wait, what's his name? It's Dutch. That's unfortunate. I, his name is Carol. Carol. Okay. Yeah. Carol. Uh, Carol is so great Carol in this movie. In. Didn't want to talk about him too much because I do want to talk about him in the plot. But he is a main, he is a very, very key character. So if you're unfamiliar, the Moonlight Man is from the books and is this huge plot point where she starts to see a person, Carol, the Moonlight Man. And it's a lot of this movie is like, is he real? Is he not real? Because she's descending into madness. So fully hallucinating a bunch of other people. <laughs> and I, I want to know whenever we get there, I'm going to ask, but I'm going to I want to know kind of like what because I wasn't even sure what I thought was real or wasn't real. Right. Right. Through this movie, which is impressive. Yes. True. So Yeah. I'm really glad that you shouted out Carol because he fucking deserves it. And I will talk a little bit about um, acromegaly, which is the condition that the character has and that the actor has. Um, because I think they did a really good job of describing it um, just in in plain words. It was like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I agree. I'm like, oh. I was impressed. I'm like, I should write that down. That's good. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll use that at work. Maybe I'll use that. Yeah. Oh, great. Uh-huh. I'm so glad that you shouted out, Carol, Carol, keep it up. We love you. We love you. We love you He's Carol. living his best life at 75 years old, seven feet tall with his wife. That's really just, hard to do. That's it's amazing. T- yeah, tall people, Ariana. <laughs> That's really hard to do, says it's hard Kate. To do. Kate has so much <laughs> respect for tall people finding love. She's like, wow, you guys are basically monsters. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> for finding each other. 
And that's one thing. That's another reason that I love Love Island UK is that they are. And I think it's just because <laughs> British people on average are just shorter, I think. I think they are as well. They yeah. are obsessed with tall people. They're like, what's your type? And uh, they're like, tall. I'm like, that's not a, okay. <laughs> they always say tall or short, or they just say tall. They never say um, short. <laughs> they never say they short. They never say short. Or they say like blonde or brunette. Like yeah, that's like the first type? thing and they'll be like, type. what's your type? It's like straight. It's so like important, the hair color. And I feel like, I don't know. Did I tell you I made a bingo card for Nick? <laughs> Did you? I made, us, I made us bingo cards. Like I made a sheet of paper and I made bingo cards for Love Island. And on one of yeah. them was type, like their per, the personality type that they're looking for. And they just give you a hair color. And I was like, their type yes. is brunette. Their type is blonde. <laughs> yes, that's a thing. And you know what? I was watching Love Island with uh, Rachel and sh- Rachel spent four years in the UK for her vet school. And she said that they actually do that in the UK. Like people are extremely specific about like what hair color they like. I don't know if it's because in the UK, it's like maybe like people look a little bit more similar generally than in America. I know America is extremely diverse compared to certain places. Yeah, Maybe it's just, we're so diverse that that doesn't even make sense. And we are all in bread, like breeding with each other. And we all look very different. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I've never once been like, what's my, well, now I know that my type is short Kings. I know I've, I've learned yes. that about myself. I married one. It's great. That is a thing. So yeah, sure. every time that they're like, <laughs> my type is tall. I'm like, good for you, girl. Tall people deserve love too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Amazing. Kate is probably like one of the, I guess until recently when it became like more of a thing, but Kate is like one of the people, the first fucking hipsters to be like short Kings is my type. And she said that like <laughs> 10 years ago. And then all these like millennials and Gen Zers are like short Kings are pretty great. And Kate's like, yeah, I've been telling you that for yeah, years. They're fantastic. <laughs> Get you one run. Don't walk to the short King store. <laughs> Sorry guys. I promise I'm going to stop talking about love Island starting now. I can't. I can't. Oh my god! It's it. two. You have two, <laughs> two hours. Shit. Okay. You've been recording for forty-five minutes, and somehow it. it's okay. come up twice. I love I, it. I really need to stop talking. And it's not. Even, I'm not even watching a new season. It's an old season. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's just very important. It's just very important, you guys. <laughs> All right, back to Gerald. Back to Jesse. Well, Jesse. well, no. You're going to tell us about the novel as we as we float float around down the plot. As so. we float along, oh, we can no. do it. Or I made a list at the end, and I can just go through. I could just bang Hell it out yeah. because I feel like it is important that we get the entire vibe of the movie yes. and then we can kind of go into the book all at yes, once I think that's perfect okay okay that way we can know like what parts because I want like the parts in the movie that are important to me to I want you to have that experience as well exactly you meaning yes. the audience yeah so and then once we go through all of that then we can go through the book and you can agree or disagree with me in regards to the idea that I think I like the movie more so Ooh. anyway Anyway, we can't talk about the plot right. yet, though. We forgot something super important. Oh. oh, God. What did we forget? Genre. Oh, OK. What? I don't have anything important to say about genre because there's no corn in this movie. So no, there's no corn. Go ahead. But there, it, there's not corn, <laughs> but there are corners, which is why <laughs> I have decided. Corner so horror. People know this about me. Um, if you listen to the pod before. Um, whenever we pick a film genre, if it has corn, we're we're ecstatic. But if I can make yes. something that's impossible to say, it's to even pronounce. better. So <laughs> this is corn horror. <laughs> Cause there's 
Yes. So maybe or maybe not something in that dark corner over there, which is personally one of my greatest fears. Ooh. No, me too. That's a very good point. Like that in a horror movie will get me every time because I don't know how you are, Kate, but when I walk into a dark room, my brain immediately portrays and imagines people and monsters yes. in a darkness that I can't see. Literally so, all the time. I feel like that's, am I anxious? I don't know. Hereditary did me in a little bit, actually, because of that. <laughs> yeah. And that Netflix show that you won't watch. Well, you don't have Netflix anymore. Ooh, is that part of the it? French, the French horror Marianne? show, Marianne, which has been suggested to us by our good friend Max. And I have watched it. Not all of it because Nick backed out and I can't watch it alone. But it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> really? Nick backed out? I mean, he backed out. I'll watch it with you. I'll watch it Will with you. Will you? Okay, good. It's legitimately yes. scary. Um, but yeah, corners. Cor- things in corners. I don't like it. I love corn-or. it, but I don't like it. So Corner horror. This is peak corner Um Also, Talk to Me has some good corner in it, but we're not going to talk about that today. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Ooh, yes, it does. We'll talk about that uh-huh. later. As does Smile. Smile's a good one, too. Yeah, it does. It. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the the real horror of this movie would, for me, be deep-loving horror. So, oh, yes. And, and, uh-huh. it, and there's a lot of movies that fit in here where just like skin is removed from the the meat. <laughs> it's disgusting. Ew. What other movies are you watching that have this? Probably like fucking... Autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, yeah. The you're Fly. Right. Yeah. What's an autopsy fucking movie? It's not a live person getting skinned. Raw? Yeah. Raw. Do they skin each other? Maybe. They do. I looked Maybe it up. Maybe they do that. Okay. I came prepared. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I mean, one is about a literal cannibal that eats people. Yeah. The other one is skinning a dead person. Like, this movie's a little bit worse. I oh, feel it's like, much worse. She's alive. It's the queen of that yeah. genre. Yes, you're right. You're right. For sure. But Absolutely. yeah, that, those are those are my main genres for this movie. I love it. I love it. Yes. Amazing. Does Stephen King get to be his own genre? Because then it's also Stephen King. <laughs> Stephen King's own genre is... Very chaotic. Like, in my opinion, all of his books have, like, four or five big horror components to their story. And it's almost like, instead of focusing on one, he comes at it in, like, multiple ways. And it's almost, like, too chaotic for me sometimes. So this one has, like, personal trauma, survivor horror, like, spooky supernatural elements, like... Which makes it good because you as a watcher can connect to or be afraid by, you know, one of these elements and then like the movie. But he doesn't really commit to like one specific horror element in any of his books or movies. In my opinion, I feel like it's always like a lot of things at once. Yeah, I can. I can understand that perspective. I'm gonna have to think about that. Okay, (laughs) I'm gonna have to really think about that. We should do a horror book club, honestly. Add. We should. To, to the... I wish I could read, but yeah, oh, I I'm forgot you can't so. read. Yeah, I can't oh, read. I'm, I'm surprised I made it through this one, but I was mostly just staring at the pages and pretending to read. So <laughs> was the book upside the down? The book was upside down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my girl over there. She's dumb, but she's beautiful. She's stunning. <laughs> she's like I'm tall. I don't have to know how to read. I don't have to know how to. Sounds read. like short people things. <laughs> I'm I'm ready. Ugh. I'm ready to talk about Gerald's game. All right. So buckle the fuck up. Yeah. Um, here it comes. Tighten those cuffs, everyone. <laughs> hey, yeah. The movie begins with Jesse and Gerald Burlingame calmly packing for a lake house trip. Burlingame. And I love how movies 
make packing look so fun and calming. Oh my God, right? <laughs> Ariana's packing now because she's moving Literally. and it's not like this. <laughs> no, they're like, calm. they have like one dress. They're like folding it neatly. They're like putting it in like a very small bag that has nothing else in it. Like, it's just very idealistic. It's a beautiful leather bag. Yeah. It like cracks me up that these people are just always so calm when they're traveling. And I'm like, literally, my room is an explosion of yeah. shit when I'm packing. Like I'm like, where's my face wash? <laughs> it's exactly I'll tell you where right. it is. It's spilled all it's in like, that bag that I just packed now. <laughs> Everything's everywhere. Oh, it's my God. Not, it's a nightmare. It's a There's nightmare. no calming music playing while it's happening. And the way he like, but no, the way he lays the cuffs down. I know he like perfectly like displays them in his suitcase. And I'm like, I understand this is a I'm movie. Like, you're a freak, bro. But like, can we be a little bit more realistic? I don't know. You know me. I'm always like, this is stupid. Yeah, they're not going to stay there. <laughs> yeah. They're going to slide yeah, onto the side. Move around. Drop to the bottom. probably put them in a pocket. Yeah. yeah. Put them in the pocket. That makes way more sense. But he's like, no, I got to be real gross about it. I know I said I wasn't going to talk about the book as we were going, but this is one point that I forgot to put in like my summary at the end. But in the book, he's like obsessed with the idea of handcuffs to the point where he goes on a monologue about what specific type of handcuffs he got. Like he got like he wanted these certain handcuffs that were like police grade and like were meant for certain wrist sizes. And it's like a whole sexual fetish. So red flag, ladies and gentlemen. I Yeah. See, this is <laughs> I just thought I'd bring that up so that we could all have a red flag together. Yeah. If that happens, run. <laughs> If your man is researching handcuffs online for hours, we shouldn't have to tell you this, but... If he keeps measuring your wrist... Maybe run the fuck away. Okay, so then we have a nice little horror movie trope of the couple driving on a long winding road to a vacation home. So cute. Oh, and for um, my Alabama people, because we got Kat from Alabama, this is set in Fairhope, which is an actual like city in Alabama destination like a no. <laughs> vacation destination no i oh, wouldn't say okay. that uh no but and but it's right next to mobile and they actually did film this in mobile which i thought was interesting wow yeah i did recognize that the trees were not like northern trees mm -hmm. so i was like this can't be in maine and then i looked it up i was like why did they make it in alabama so random uh, because but... maybe we should have one movie that's not in maine stephen king maybe just one <laughs> No, Stephen King was <laughs> put the book in Maine, so he's God, like, I'm done. Damn it. <laughs> I did my part. I did yeah. my part. I like that they did Alabama. I like getting uh, different trees to they look at. They switched it up. Yeah. They switched it up, for sure. And it's beautiful. Okay. It okay. is pretty. I'll give them that, for sure. I just feel like a very wealthy lawyer would do some, like, I feel like Maine tracks for, like, a very, I don't know. There's we'll a see. lot we'll of see. wealthy lawyers in the South, girl. In Fairhope, Alabama, though? I don't know. Am I being too judgy? Yes. Have you not seen any <laughs> Southern movie from the 50s? Ariana's like, um... Fairhope, Alabama? No one in Alabama is educated. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We have so many major universities specifically in Alabama. You're so yeah, ridiculous. But, like, don't they just play football? Like, <laughs> I honestly want to kill you right now. I know you're messing, <laughs> but I still want to like humble you. You are not from the North. You're from Florida. You are from Florida. South Florida is not Florida. South Florida is basically Cuba. Girl, so I'm count. not letting you get away with this. No. You're like, I'm from a cool place. Right. I'm from Cuba. Kate's from the land of no lawyers and football injuries. So we have a very 
very educated, wealthy lawyer driving to Fairhope, Alabama. Okay. Um, and (laughs) Southerners, he's prepare for war. I love just like simultaneously offending like 50% of our listeners. You know, whenever I moved, whenever I moved out out of Mississippi (laughs) and especially when I would be in Southern territories, like when I was like interviewing at colleges and stuff like that, I had people, educated people, adults asking me, not joking, things like, do you take a horse and buggy to work or to school? What? A horse and buggy? That's... And I'm like, no. Do you guys wear shoes at school? That's a good question. Do you? <laughs> Horse and buggy, that's fucking weird. I mean, maybe if you're from like Lancaster, PA. Yeah, if you're Amish, <laughs> but like that's not a Southern yeah. thing. Right. Yeah, that's weird. I yeah, don't so it needs that. to take away your copy of Gone with the Wind, sir. Like, get over it. <laughs> you can't handle it. You should have looked at him and like with a straight face and been like, yeah. Of course. Yeah. How do you get around? I had someone, they didn't know what it was called, but they're like, are you in one of those, like, like the white houses? I'm like, what, what's a white house? A plantation home, like an antebellum home. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, that's such a weird question. They're serious though. That's like what they think the South is like. Wow. And I was like, guys, uh, Bruno Mars mentioned us in his song. We're cool now. There is an epidemic that's happening in America, and it's called racism against Southern white people. Yeah, and it we're needs to it's stop. us. We're the victims. <laughs> Kate is a victim. I'm a okay? victim of Ariana. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, always at all times. All right. Anyway, we've made it as far as we're in Fairhope, anyway, Alabama. I love it. So Gerald wants to fuck, and he's like trying to finger Jesse, but she's like not into it as they're driving, like in the car. Yeah, she's, like, nice about it, but she's, like, no, and then she, like, kisses his hand, and, like, you can tell, like, he, like, the whole vibe of, like, this trip is, like, a s- sexual reawakening for these people. Like, yeah, that sounds, that let's always go works, to the lake right? house and rekindle our passion, whatever. So, they're driving, and on the way, they hit a creepy, serious black-looking German shepherd. They almost hit him. It does look like serious black. It does. He's like eating a roadkill possum and Jesse feels bad for the dog. And she's like, oh, he's hungry. And then when they get to the lake house, she slices up some expensive raw steak to feed to the dog because raw steak is very good for dogs and all dogs should be on a raw diet. Yeah, guys, don't. we're not going to get into the <laughs> <laughs> a conversation I have literally every day. But yeah, um, look into it. Uh, your dog is not a wolf and does not need to eat raw food. Wait, you don't eat raw steak? That's disgusting. So why are you feeding that to your dog? I'm confused. And also he's vomiting now and oh. having blowout diarrhea. Okay. Um, maybe don't do that then. You have salmonella. That'll be $500. <laughs> Yeah, for real. Your dog could literally die from salmonella. But Please don't. Okay, sure. Don't do yeah. it. It's gross. You do you. <laughs> Nasty. I love our little random vet PSAs. Yeah, it's so just great. Real quick, if you're co- doing raw, just cook it. Just cook it. You have a pug, ma'am. Your pu- you, it, you have a hypothyroid cushionoid pug. Does that look like a you- wolf to you? It can't breathe through its nose. <laughs> you have a pug that vomits once and fucking aspirates. His <laughs> like, knee wiggles is loose. a genetic nightmare. His back is fused together. But yeah, feed him raw. He turned to look at you. He turned to look at you one day and became paralyzed because of his introvertural disease. It's fine. Everything's fine. fine. Basically a wolf. He's a little wolf. (laughs) 
Uh, okay, whatever. Guys, this yeah. is not anti-pug. Like, we're not anti-pug, but it is, um, your pug isn't a wolf. Anyway, back Pugs to- Pugs are great, but like, dog. don't feed them a raw diet. That's all we're saying. Don't feed okay. them a raw diet. So Gerald is in the bathroom getting ready to fuck, and he's taking Viagra. Yeah, he's taking his little Viagra, yeah. His little Viagra, which he doesn't do in the book, FYI. Um, and he goes down the stairs to get Jesse and bring her inside, and they actually leave the front door open. Ooh, Row. And then she changes into a new slip and they start getting frisky because this is the mid 2000s and softcore BDSM just became mainstream for a hot second. She looks so uncomfortable, though, like from the from the jump. <laughs> yeah. She's like, mm. yeah, you can tell she's not into it. Yes, honey. Yeah. This is I am yeah. excited to be here in a very vulnerable position with you. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, can you imagine if they had cast Gerald as like a creepy looking out of shape older dude and like her attitude in this you know up to this point would have been like kind of like uh like cringe like I'm so sorry like I don't know if I can connect to a character that's that like I don't know I just I'm glad that they made the choice they did I think it's a scarier character because this is like almost like a hiding in plain sight sort of situation where a lot of people look up to this guy he's very influential in his community Uh, And he's just a creep. He's just a creepy guy. He's a creep. PSA, hot guys can be creepy too. (laughs) Just in case you forgot. (laughs) Just because he's hot doesn't mean he's not a creep. Exactly. So he's like, wants to handcuff her to the bedpost. And she's like, all right. And then he starts to enact a stranger rape fantasy. Terrible. That... She tries to play along with, but is like clearly not into. He's like, oh, try to scream for help. Go ahead. She's like, what are we doing here? Like, it's kind of fucking weird. That's sexy and fun. Yeah. He's like, do it. Do it. She's like, help. LOL. Help. Yeah. (laughs) So weird. And so she gets uncomfortable and she's like, uncuff me. This is weird. And he stops and then he accuses her without uncuffing her of not trying to rekindle their relationship, like not even trying And she's like, okay, but like uncuff me. And then there's like this hot second where he's like, what if I don't? And he like implies that he's like about to actually rape her. Yeah. Well, she had to actually kick him off of her. No means no. Exactly. So she ends up biting his lip and then he sits up and clutches his chest and has a full heart attack and then dies instantly. Yeah. We're happy about it for one second. (laughs) Yeah. Then we remember. (laughs) Yeah. And then it sucks because he dies and falls off the bed and she's like trapped in these handcuffs and she's like, oh, fuck, what the fuck do I do? So this is how we get into a position where she's just like handcuffed to the bed the entire movie. And a few hours pass and she's trying to get out of the cuffs and call for help. But like they're kind of in the middle of nowhere and these cuffs are like literal police grade handcuffs. Yeah, don't use those. Oh, yeah. And he he makes a, a comment because she, she's like, oh, I thought we would be I thought they'd be like pink and fuzzy. You know what I mean? And he said, yeah. Oh, I wrote it down. because I was like, red flag, red flag. Oh, oh, yeah. I have a, I have everything he said while she was cuffed, actually. Um, the other ones break if you're going too hard. Oh, yeah. That was so cringe because then she looked at him like, what the right, fuck does that mean, bro? bro? And then yeah. is like as as he's cuffing her and she's clearly uncomfortable, he's like, this is good. You'll you'll like this. OK. And then once she's handcuffed, does the try calling for help. And then ugh, the worst one, the worst one 
daddy's going to get what daddy wants. And that's when she's like, <laughs> get the fuck off me. She's like, don't fucking call yourself that. You're done. Yeah, yeah. Take a look at this slip I bought because you're never going to see it again. Right. Yeah, she's pissed. But I will say in the book, obviously, I'm just going to tell you guys what happens in the book as we go. I love it. In the book, <laughs> in the book, she's into it. They start off with like, like scarves and like soft stuff at home. And then it escalates and he gets like more and more into bondage. And she's like into it initially. But then at a certain point, she's like, this is getting fucking weird. Mm -hmm. And that's when he does like tons of research on handcuffs. So I think that this like comment that he makes where he's like, or she's like, oh, I thought we were going to start with stuff. You know, I think that's maybe a reference to the book where she she is into bondage in like the light sense. But then when it starts getting in like really hardcore and like rapey, she's like, nah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just uh, my two cents from the book. I do think it changes things a little bit. Um, yeah. And I'm like, I think it's possible that that could have happened like, you know, off screen, right? Like before coming to yeah, Alabama. Exactly. Because they've been trying to like yeah. work on like reconnecting, sexifying stuff. So I think, it, I think right. it would make sense that she's like, this isn't what we had talked about or done before. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of weird. Um, so then the dog that she fed earlier comes into the house through oh, no. the door that was left open and she tries to scare it away, but it actually bites and eats a chunk out of Gerald's arm. Right, right. And she watches that happen. Bless her. And then he suddenly stands up and starts talking to her and she realizes that his body's actually still on the floor. So she's assuming she's hallucinating. She's like, oh my God, I'm losing it. And her hallucinated version of Gerald starts taunting her about the reality of their marriage and his erectile dysfunction. And he informs her that she's very dehydrated and fatigued. And so we're like, oh, my God, she's losing it. <laughs> I love the term that because it's clear it's it's her, right? It's her brain, but characterizing right. him. And I like because she's she's mentioning his erectile. He, as you know, her brain is mentioning his erectile dysfunction, which I don't think. I don't know Gerald that well, but I'm pretty sure that that guy he would not would never yeah. never bring no. that up ever. And not that it's a big deal, but guys have egos about that. And then she's like, you remember when we tried this? And he goes, yep, I was soft as a kitten. And I was like, fucking stop. <laughs> stop. It. No, but bro, that's literally the entirety of the book is just like it's like Stephen King describing things in a very cringe way like that. And it's like hard <laughs> to define why it's cringe, but it is cringe. It's like, I don't like that comparison at all but he does that like with a lot of sexual things in the book and it's he like he does it uh, all the time it's kind of what he do yeah it's like okay like where you want like cocaine that. here here oh all of it you were doing cocaine all right steve all of it ah, got it. there it is he was like this will work this will work and it does <laughs> and it does but in i don't know in the way that was intended it but makes it's money we're here for it so it works yeah <laughs> yes so in addition to Gerald, she also hallucinates a more self-assured version of herself who explains things about their relationship that she never had the courage to previously acknowledge. Mm -hmm. And the hallucinated Jesse and Gerald trigger the real Jesse to remember that Gerald had put a glass of water on the shelf above the bed that he used to take his Viagra with. And she's like, oh, hell yeah, like I need water. So she reaches it, but can't bring it all the way to her mouth because of the cuffs. Sucks. And so she comes up with this genius plan, which I thought was so cool. 
is she like remembers that her slip was new and that she had tore the tag off right before and she had put it on the shelf as well. And so she like rolls up the tag and creates like a makeshift straw to help her reach the water and drink, which I thought was cool. And now I'm like, like okay, I'm on board. She's smart. Like this is a smart main character female, which I'm here for. I knew you would like her because, well, one, it's Carla Cugino, but also she is, this bitch is a survivor. She is a survivor. She is. And she is. Yeah very inventive and that's one even like I've seen this four times now so it's like I know what's going to happen but I yeah. love even still like I love watching her figure things out on her own and like mm-hmm. it's just really fun and engaging and it's it's like not super predictable stuff it's like these little things that they sort of super, sort of foreshadowed like they did show like the glass as he was pu- 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 you know pulling it they showed her taking the tag off and putting it up so it's like you can kind of put together as she's putting it together and right. that's hard to do in a movie and it's fun it is so fun and it's really cool because you can hear how her mind is getting to that point via these externalized thoughts that she's having with these you know hallucinated characters pretty unique and cool and you I, you already know i don't know you, we don't need to talk about it now but they're different characters they're she halluc- yes, in the book there's there's three people that she hallucinates but um it's not her and it's not her husband right she also and i'm not 100 sure about this but i'm pretty sure i feel like i don't know if she visualized the hallucinations or if they were characterized as just voices in her head i feel like i'm not convinced that she saw these characters in front of her i think that she just heard their voices in her head talking to her okay that would make sense for um, a So book. that's another And not difference. for a movie. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a really boring not movie. Not for a movie. Uh-uh. So Jesse falls asleep and wakes up in the middle of the night. And she sees a tall, deformed, obscure figure in the corner of the room. It's so fucking scary. It's so cool. Oh yes, they God. like pan and you're like, it's one of those things where it's like they make it look like maybe it's not a person, but maybe it is. It's like how you feel. When you walk into a room in the middle of the night and you see a figure and you're like, is that a person? Is it not? I don't know. Yeah. And then he like comes over to her and we realize it is a full figure, like a person. And he's tall and he's lanky and he's creepy. And he brings her a bag, like a antique physician's bag. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's filled with like small bones and like jewelry. And it's just like this weird mythical mm. creature. And you're like, what is this? And she convinces herself that the figures imagine because she's seeing all these fucking new people. And Gerald convinces her that the figure is actually death waiting to take her like the Grim Reaper type yeah. figure, which it tracks and it's cool. And we like it because he's tall and he has like a weird bag of bones. Yeah. And Grim Reaper vibes. Check. Such a cool monologue, too, because Gerald is like leaning on the bed and like whispering in her ear about like who knows what people see in their solitary death. Very cool. And at the end of his monologue, Gerald calls her mouse, which is what Jesse's dad used to call her. So now we're going to explore Jesse's trauma. I have the line actually, because that line good fucking did me in. It made my stomach. Me too. Yes. I hope that we're able to make it a quote at the beginning of this. Oh, is that the one that you sent me? Yes. Oh, I hate it. I love it. I love it. And then he says, if he wants to put his cold, dirty hands on your soft, warm flesh, then there's nothing else you can do about it, mouse. I don't like that. I also am like, why? See, that's the thing. It's like, I feel like she's very sexualized and things like that, like soft, warm flesh. Like he is like, this is a good example of how the book 
sexualizes her. It's not the best example, but in the book, he'll say things like this and it's like Gerald, but also it's her own thought. So it's like, I would never like sexualize my own body looking at it. She feels, mm, I think it makes a ton of sense in this story. I think it makes a ton. It does in this exact moment for Gerald's. Well, yeah, like that whenever she because it's capped with mouse. But it's not just that. The end of that sentence, he calls her mouse. It is. It is. Sure. I guess I guess I'm just trying to say, like, maybe this is an example of what I was trying to get at. Like, like he like when he writes her own thoughts about herself and it's literally her talking to herself in her head. Mm -hmm. She does reference her breasts. She references the way her clothes drape across her body, looking down at her body. And it's not like a, in a way, it's definitely a male gaze description. It's not like the way, yes. And that's what got me. Cause I was like, as a woman, every woman knows this is not how women think about their bodies. No. And if anything, it's a negative, (laughs) if anything, it's like a negative monologue in your head. It's not like a, look how voluptuous I am today. That's exactly what it is. No, it's literally like she watched her round breasts drape. It's like, what? No one thinks like that. That's exactly what it's, it's, it's definitely weird. That's a great comparison because what you're describing of like the character unrealistically like talking about her own body like that in a situation first of all we wouldn't we wouldn't do, on our best days I don't talk about my own or think about my own body like that but definitely not in this situation would I give a shit how round my breasts are so like I know no but in the movie it makes sense because it's coming from it's from her brain this line and it's from but it's from Gerald's mouth right it's how yes Gerald treats her right and what he values in her in this specific line I agree Makes sense for this movie. But I guess, you know, if I'm just I guess I'm just trying to show you that like there is there are lines that are like weird where you're like, why? Why would you phrase it this way? You know, and it's just like, uh, I don't know if you had a lot of women verbalizing to you what the normal internal monologue of their day to day is. But okay. Oh, Jesus. No, Stephen King does not know how to write women. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. He just doesn't. I know. I wish he did. And, he, and it and sucks he because he did has good characters. Go like he can write yeah. good female characters, but then he always slips up like uh, it. Jesus, if you've read the book that, you know, throughout the entire time, what they do to the female main character the whole time. And yeah. she's a great character. And then they'll just say something. I'm like, she's 14, bro. Like, stop. I know. Well, that's the thing, too, is like it comes down to almost like the Bechtel thing, right? It's like, yes, you have books where the main character is a female. Yes, it's is the <laughs> timeline in the story always related to a male character? Yes. Yep. Like it's always a sex thing. It's always a child thing like, oh, like my children. It's like, oh, I'm a mother or mm-hmm. things like that, that it's like, yes, are uniquely women's experiences. So I understand like putting very much emphasis on that sometimes. But if it's exclusively that, then it's almost like this isn't helping me. You know, no, it doesn't like it's not making me a, a human. It's making me a woman. Yes. I don't know. It, no, I just don't no, like it. I think it, I think you hit the nail on the head. But I, I, I don't I don't yeah. feel like that about this adaptation at all. I agree. I just think the idea of the storyline is like that. Like the idea of the storyline is like why it's just always related to Gerald. It's always related to her dad. It's related to men. Like all of her problems are man related. Even in the book, she has a problem with her brother sexually abusing her. Like it's always like sexual abuse and it's like guilt for not being more motherly. Like they have a line in here where he's like, you weren't, you didn't have a maternal instinct, like things like that. It's like, okay, 
I don't know. I just want a book that is that creates women as like humans and like the whole motherhood and sexualization and things like that is takes a backseat. I don't know. I just feel like that's just always very forward. No, I get it. But that's not this story, Ariana. Like- no, I know. I'm just saying I know it just bums me out that like the primarily like primarily women's stories are focused on like women only issues. I don't know. That's just a general thing. I feel it has nothing to do with this specific movie, if that makes sense. I'm going to defend the movie a little bit because I think that I think that they handled the theme of sexual abuse towards women and the sexualization of women. I think they handle it beautifully. I think that they're illustrating a really good point, which is that she has, she has been victimized her entire life and made to feel guilty and ashamed. Yeah. No, I agree. And that's the thing. It's like, yes, they do it well, but the fact that they're doing it at all and not more makes me mad. Like I just wanted more, I guess. It's fine. It's fine. I agree. They did it in a right way. I guess the point I is think, like, yeah, I think that you're taking a, a larger issue and you're putting that lens on this movie and I don't know if that's entirely fair no No, I I guess because at the beginning of this point I was trying to say that like because we started talking about um how Stephen King specifically has written stories about women from women's perspectives but they always have to do with their relationships with men I hear you it is a tough one (laughs) yeah it is a tough one but it is also about abuse it misery the one with Dolores, whatever her I name love, is. I love misery. Are you joking? But it's all about... No, I'm just saying it's all about... I'm not saying whether you like it or don't like it, Kate. Uh-huh. What I'm saying is that these stories are always minimally... Like, would they pass the Bechtel test? Okay. That's what I'm saying. I think passing the Bechtel test and... I think passing the Bechtel test is its own thing. And I'm not that upset about something not packing, passing the Bechtel test when it's about two characters in a relationship. So, like... Misery, that's I'm glad you brought up misery because misery I really appreciate because we hadn't it's not about a woman being a mother or being nurturing. She's like full on unhinged in a fascinating character, a fascinating, obsessive character. And I loved it. And she's violent um, versus like the woman in this movie that, you know, they're completely different female characters. So I'm okay with it. I, I do. I per, I like that we're getting more movies where we're passing the Bechtel test. Talk to me, pass the Bechtel test. I just watched that. It's great. But I'm not going to fault Gerald's Game, the movie. I can't, can't no, speak to the book. I'm not faulting Gerald's Game, the movie. I'm faulting Stephen King and the general culture of there being a lot of movies like this and not movies where we don't focus on women only issues like it has nothing to do with this movie not portraying it in a good way has nothing to do with misery not portraying it in a good way I just feel like when we write women as main characters it focuses on women only issues and it's the same thing with African Americans and you know minorities in general it's like when we write a minority character it's like okay we're presenting minority only issues and that is important but at a certain point it's like We are all people and we are all equal at the end of the day. And I want movies that treat women like the same way. Like, that's why I like Alien so much is because her character, Ripley's character, could be a man. And it would be the exact same movie with this movie. That is not the case because a big part of this movie and a big part of a lot of horror movies with women in it, the women are not exchangeable with men. It's a very women focused issue. I hear you. But that's one of the reasons that you liked men so much when we covered men. Yeah. 
No, I agree. I agree completely. Like, I like specific movies. I think you're getting, like, the idea that I'm faulting certain movies, and I'm not. I like these movies. I like that they're presenting women-specific issues. But I think we need more movies where women are playing a role, and they are not... They could be interchanged with men, and it's not focused on specifically their issues. Like, okay, you know, uh, what's... Like, the girl in It, like, what's her, what's her name again? Bethany or something? Beverly. 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 Yes. Cutest name ever. Yes. So Beverly. So like they could have a friend character that's a female and it could be one of the little boys. You know what I mean? Like what if one of the little boys had, was a female character and she had the exact same lines as the little boys and there was no reference to her being a woman at all. Like I just feel like there needs to be more movies that go beyond this and create women characters that are more than just a woman character. I think there are movies that are like that. I think there's. I, a, want I think more, we cover. Though. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that, I, I'm not going to say I don't too. That's great. But at, at the same time, yeah. I appreciate movies like Gerald's Game and like Men that address female issues appropriately. I agree. I like this movie. I think that the book is skewing my. I think it is idea. Of I think you're having a really hard time because the book is a very different vibe. The book is like trying to do something that this movie does a lot better. And I think the book is skewing what I, how I feel about this movie because I'm thinking about the characters from the book as the characters yeah. in the movie and it's a struggle. Yeah. But I'm just saying in general, like, I guess, yeah, I guess the point I'm trying to make is I don't have a problem with this movie and how it represents anything in general. I just feel like we need to make more women characters that are more than just the woman, the token woman. You know what I mean? That has woman issues. You know, I'm not arguing against that. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, I'm on your side. Yes. You know, I want that too. Yeah. How did we get here? Continue. Back so, to the bed. <laughs> we're, st we're still there. We're back on the bed. Well, actually, we're not. <laughs> we're in a flashback now. So she's flashing back to her childhood. And the word mouse triggers a memory for Jesse. In which her father, whose name is Tom, played by Henry Thomas, masturbated to her during oh, a solar eclipse. Oh my God, with her on her lap, on his lap. With her on his lap. And then afterwards, he gaslighted Jesse and convinced her to keep it a secret forever. It was awful. It was so awful to watch how she was like, she felt horrible, like... And then he goes and he's like, we got to tell your mom, right? Keep in mind, his wife, her mom is like very pregnant, pregnant, very pregnant, very pregnant. And he's like, oh we'll God, have to yeah. tell her. Although, you know, she's been really stressed. It's really going to upset her. And you guys have been having a hard relationship lately. And she's like, oh, you can see the wheels turning and like making it feel like every everything's her fault. It was so fucked up. And I think that the I didn't bring up the little girl actress because I just I don't know who she is, but she was so heartbreaking in this scene like this scene was hard to watch this scene was extremely hard yeah. to watch the not mm -hmm. like worse than the eclipse scene because all of the nastiness happens during a solar eclipse and that's important for the movie visually uh but then mm -hmm. the, the scene afterwards where he is just you're you're watching the damage the gaslighting you're watching yeah permanent damage in the way that she thinks and the guilt she feels and the shame she feels and that's very common for people to do. And mm -hmm. that's why a lot of people don't tell anyone when something happens. And they're like, well, and even whenever she comes back, she comes back too. And she's talking to her hallucinations. And she's like, he never raped me. He never, he only touched himself. Like defending this man. 
defending him. But then she throws her mom under the bus, which pisses me off. She's like, my mom probably knew. And I'm like, that, who do you think told her, taught her to think that way? Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just so annoying. Yeah. It's it, frustrating. I, I had a, it, it was really, really devastating to watch Enraging. that. Enraging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that's one thing where I like having movies about the female perspective, because I don't know the last time I saw a movie that talked about the pressure of silence and the shame and guilt that is put on victims of sexual abuse, especially children. You're right. You're right. And I'm about to ruin your life Mm -hmm. by telling you something terrible about the book. Great. (laughs) Uh, So that it all makes sense now, because I'm over here like, why is she coming for this movie so hard? Like, we really like because. Guys, Ariana and I, whenever we first saw this movie in 2017, like called each other. Loved it. We're, we loved it. And we were talking about it. And like, I'm like, what is this change that has happened over the years that now you're like coming, like really like having a problem with Gerald's game? And I'm like, oh, it's because it's the book. It's it's the book. But I need to separate. I need to separate them. It just it's hard when the book is a very similar story and the character's I mean, obviously, you can get into the characters so much deeper in the book than in a movie because obviously course, the book more time. has internal monologues and it's a lot more time and whatever. And it almost feels like these characters are the same characters. It's just I feel like I'm supposed to know their inner workings because I've read the book. And it's just really obnoxious. But OK, so I'm going to ruin your life in the book. No, this little girl has sexual feelings about her father. <gasps> yes. So in the book. You hear her inner thoughts where he's like taking takes his shirt off and he's sweaty and she like makes comments about his body what and the fuck? it's like, bro, it goes deep where you're like, how am I? What? Okay, Stephen I King, I am really trying here. Okay, I am trying <laughs> to not get you canceled. But what the actual fuck were you thinking? That's an I'm like, it's just piling it on. And then you dedicated it to your sisters. Dude, I feel like he like he means well. He's just on cocaine and doesn't (laughs) have any perspective for women. He's like, yeah, this is like a thing that happens with women. It's like, no, it's not. bro. Talk to a woman. Ask one of your five sisters. This girl had literally they told they said this had just gotten her period like the month before this happened. Oh, so it activated. So like she is. In the book, she's 10. In the movie, she's 12. So she's extremely young. 10 years old, you're in fourth grade. Do you think you're having those thoughts in fourth grade about anyone? No. No. I guarantee you. Even if you're you're not going through puberty, you're not. If you are, tell someone. Get help. Like, I don't think I had a a crush until high school. Like, at all. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, none of these bitches are tall enough for me. Yeah. Like what is going on? So it's just hard for me to, and obviously in the movie, she's extremely platonic and she is very uncomfortable and it's very obvious on her face that she doesn't like it. And I'm sure she doesn't like it in the book too. It's just so hard because it's like, who are these characters in the movie? Really? I don't know. I can understand that being difficult to peel back and watch the movie because that is such a, what the fuck? Yeah. I know. Steve, yeah. tighten up, buddy. Actually, don't Stevie, read any more yeah. Stephen King books because I hate to say it, but he pulls <laughs> it shit like that all the time. Downhill. And it'll and it'll be yes. with a character that you love. And then you're like, fucking that wouldn't Damn you. Women I don't know. think like that. Oh Women don't do that. Ask a woman. I know. Ugh. Okay. You're right. You know there's a whole subreddit called it's R slash men writing women, and it's the funniest shit. 
Oh my god, you need to send that to me. I will. I will. You know, I'm not going to. It's gonna. I'm actually not going to. I don't know why I'm even telling you about it. I'm gonna love it. No, (laughs) you actually need to stay with. It's gonna make you. Why am I gonna get ragey? You're gonna get ragey. Like I read it because it's like a community (laughs) of people making fun of how men are terrible um, at writing women specifically, and it's always describing their boobs. I would find that funny. I'll send you select ones. How about that? I don't. I don't okay. want you like scrolling for hours. It doesn't make so that that I'm I'm not enraged in any way by how he writes women. It just I am. It bums me out. <laughs> like it bums me out more than anything. I think. Watch the movie, and if the book sounds intriguing based on what I've said so far, read the book. Do it. I don't know. I think I'm going to skip it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That just made me, I'm um, like, I'm going to give that a skip. They don't do that to her. She is, it's very okay. realistic. It's very, the girl is absolutely a, a thousand billion percent the victim, of course. Um, yes. Yeah, and you, and it's just, uh, yeah, it really paints a picture of how you can have lifelong trauma that affects mm-hmm. your very decision making. Absolutely. Yep. That changes who you are, like change completely changes her the trajectory of her changes life. Changes your brain chemistry. Yeah, it literally it does. Really does. And that, that's just fucking horrible. And like, and, the, and then it's Henry Thomas, and I'm like, huh, no, Henry. I know it's like another layer of like punched in the gut. Yeah, it's like, I'm like he wouldn't do that. <laughs> Henry Thomas would never. I know. I kind of love it though. He's just so talented, though. I can't. But yeah, that he's whole, really good. That whole interaction like hurt it was so painful for me to watch like I I was just like I just hurt for her and everyone who's gone through that it's very upsetting yep so we have the hallucinated Gerald and Jesse we're back in the bed and they're Mm -hmm. taunting real Jesse saying that she never processed the assault and that she married a man just like her father so she's crying constantly while remembering her trauma and it's like bitch stop Tearing, you're wasting water. It's not. T- I we can't. We gotta zip that one back up. So I'm like, stop crying. You're dehydrated. I feel like dehydrated after I cry, and this bitch is already like profoundly, Bro, probably hypovolemic. I would be a raisin within like an hour of that That's happening. So- a raisin. Yes. And she's doing such a good job of like not be like really like rationing her water. Yeah, she has to take like a couple sips and then stop, which I'm like, is this really doing a lot for your cardiovascular system? Probably not, but at least it's keeping your mouth moist, maybe. Keeping your mouth moist. (laughs) Yay. Sure. Small wins. Um, Small wins. So Jared, uh, or sorry, Jared. Jared Jared. calls (gasps) Jared. (laughs) Fucking Jared. Speaking of child molesters. Yeah, honestly. Um, Gerald calls the tall, deformed man the Moonlight Man, and he points to a possible bloody footprint on the ground that may indicate that the figure was real. Uh, so at this point, what were you thinking? Because I was, you know what? We'll hold it in. I'll hold it in a little longer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll hold it in a little bit. So right now we're like, is he real? Is he not? Like, is his footprint real? Because the footprint doesn't look like an exact footprint. No, because like all of you can hallucinate any of this. Anything. So right. the fact that she sees a bloody the dog footprint, could be hallucinated. Yeah. Like all of it could be a hallucination. You don't know. Right. But and so I was legitimately like on the edge of my seat. Like, is there someone in this house? Because we know the door is open because the dog is getting in. Mm-hmm. But like realistically, though, like this is like a strange looking guy. We're in the middle of nowhere. Like, really? 
why does he have a bag of random yeah, shit? Yeah, like, seems seems pretty. Why is he just creeping in the corner? Yeah, like, seems he's pretty not real. fake to me. But at the same time, I don't want him there. And what if he is not fake? <laughs> what if he is not fake? Yeah, it's a very big part of the experience is trying to figure it out for sure. So then Jesse decides that she's going to smash her water glass and use the sharp glass to slit her wrist. Oh my God. And use the blood as a lubricant to get her arm out of the cuff. And the way that she realizes this is because there is a scene after her father gaslights her where she's at dinner with her family that night and her mom asks her like how things went when she was there with her dad and she is it so stressed that she squeezes her glass in her hand until it breaks and her hand is all bloody and so that's what she remembers and she's like oh I'll use that to save me you know um sure okay what else do you got you know what I mean (laughs) um you got spit use your fucking spit she has no spit first of all use your spit there's no build it up drink your water build up your spit no honey spit that shit out nah (laughs) i'd have started chewing on my shoulder literally cut your arm off like jesus christ listen there may or may not be a, a psycho corner man and uh we're burning daylight so we gotta go it's time to go my thing is like if you're willing to go through this amount of trauma where you're literally slitting your wrist to the point where you could die and also deglove your hand, which means skin your hand. Can't you just pull your hand through the cuff and just like break your fingers? Like if you're willing you, to go you through can, that amount of pain. It's your wrist. You have to break your wrist. Yeah, you can break whatever you want. You're pulling it out. It's going to come out as small as How do as you it... break your wrist in that situation though when you're... No, it'll come, it'll come out. If you keep pulling, your hand will come out of there. I mean, your bones will break eventually because bones are softer than metal. So if you're pulling on a handcuff, you will eventually get out. You just will break some bones in the process. And my thing is, like, if you're willing to go through this amount of trauma where you're literally slitting your wrist and degloving your hand, just fucking pull your hand out and break bones. You know what I mean? Doesn't make any sense. I don't think it's that easy. I think I think and you spit. She doesn't have any. She's got like half a glass Drink of water, water the past three days. Your, she has tears. She has spit. I can't with you right now. <laughs> it, just, it just seems like too much. It just seems like not. You just can't don't need it. let anything be. You can't <laughs> let anything cool happen because you got to understand scientifically. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense, guys. I don't think that you could break your wrist in that situation. You would have to be like slamming against the bedpost and she's she can't get far enough from the bedpost to have. I don't think it works like that. You can pull hard enough on a handcuff. Your hand will eventually come through. It's just going to break some shit in the process. You don't have to forcibly break it on something. If you're just like sheer pulling, you can break your hand and pull it out. I just don't believe you. It's true. This bitch just degloved her hand. Like, I'm sure breaking a couple bones, I'm sure breaking your, you know, metacarpals are fine. Literally, I saw a cat the other day that had like four metacarpals broken and it was still using its hand. Oh, like, no. I have no doubt that you, that if if you had the force and like the inertia to like actually like if you could actually pull back and snap yeah. your wrist which i think we've seen in movies before as a way of getting out of handcuffs is breaking your wrist that would work i don't think that you would break your hand just by like this tiny amount oh you're saying 
you're saying maybe she's not strong enough to use the force to pull her hand out. To no, break the I think that okay. would take a lot more force, especially with how short that chain is on the handcuff. She's so limited in her mobility with her hands. She's so limited. I don't think that she could ha- get I don't think enough she- of an angle. No, I don't. Think okay. She could. Okay. She didn't even try. But yeah. Okay. okay. Oh my god. <laughs> Whose side are you on? She didn't even try. It just try. feels like a little feels like a little much. Okay, also, her husband just died. She watched him get eaten. There's a maybe hallucination, maybe scary person in the corner with a sack of bones. Uh, she's unearthed all of her repressed sexual abuse trauma from her childhood. Give her a goddamn break. Give her a break. It just feels like a lot. I don't know. I can't even handle you right now. Get it together. Yeah. Yeah. Try harder, Carla. Carla, (laughs) come on. Are you even trying? She's not trying hard enough. Uh, She is trying. (laughs) I can't with you. Trolling you is my favorite thing in the world. It's my favorite. Anyway, so the cuff degloves her hand, partially peeling back the skin as she's pulling. So bad. And she's watching it too. I'm like, if you're going to deglove your hand, maybe turn away. Don't watch it happen. Like, turn away and do it. You know I what I mean? I think she's like, got, like, her brain is pretty sectioned off at this point. So I think her eyes may be looking there. <laughs> but I think her, her brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. So she's finally has one hand free. She's able to climb off of the bed to pull the bed over to the, like, far bathroom to reach the key. Thank God, and it's over there. unlock her other hand with her mouth because her current hand that's free doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And then she bandages her wrist with some maxi pads, which I think is genius. Very genius. That. Yeah. And then passes out on the ground immediately. <laughs> She's like, I did <laughs> pass the, the fuck best out. I could. She's like, ah. She was on a the race adrenaline. against time. <laughs> as soon as that blood yeah, started coming out. The adrenaline out. happened and then she passed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like how they explain that though. Whenever she was like, she would go through these like panic, panic, and then she'd just get really, really exhausted. And yes, they, they, it's her, real. They explain, yeah, how her, how her adrenals are working and how your stress hormones, cortisol, like how they spike and then you get really freaking tired. Yep. And your adrenaline as well. This one is more blood loss, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's crazy. And she is on the ground next to her dead husband who has his face presumably eaten by a dog. Jesus Christ. And... She wakes up and she's delirious a few hours later and she sees the moonlight man at the end of the hall. Fucking scary. And she pays the toll to pass by She goes straight for him. She walks. She's like, get me out of here. She's like, I made it so far. And at this moment, this is the moment where I'm like as on the edge of my seat as we can because we know and she said like, she, she said it to herself. She's like, we have to get out of here before it gets dark or we're done. Yeah. We are in danger. We have to go. And then she almost, she yes. she gets the courage. She does it. And then she faints and oh shit, it's nighttime now. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Yep. So she pays the toll. Yeah. That, I, th- I thought that was really cool. It was cool. It was cool because she does it in like a daze. And so you're like, okay, she's just like fully losing it now. So she just like drops her wedding ring symbolically into this trinket mm-hmm. bag before leaving the house and getting into the car and driving down the road. And then she looks into the rear view mirror and hallucinates that the midnight man is in the backseat, which I fully do like at least once a week. Me too, man. 
<laughs> like you look in the rear view mirror and you're like, there's a person there. And then you panic and you're like, just kidding. There's no one I there. I always check. <laughs> Are we anxious? <laughs> is this normal behavior? I don't think uh, it is. I think if you watch a lot of horror movies, it's normal. It's cautious. Sure. Smart even. Sure. You're right. This is why we have survived this long. That's my theory. That's why. Yeah. We would have been dead by now. Yeah. Getting someone else's <laughs> car seat, bucko. Yeah. You know yeah. what it is? It's everyone who heard that like urban legend when they were a kid about the guy with the hook hand. Oh, wait. Tell me about that. I don't know what that is. Like I've heard the hook hand thing, but I don't know how that relates to this. Someone in the back seat? You don't know about this? Oh, is he in the back seat? I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, it's like this woman, it's it's a real it's real basic. This woman's driving home at night and there's a car behind her that keeps flashing its lights at her and she's speeding away from her. The car's following her and it keeps flashing its lights and she escapes and she goes inside and long story short is the guy was trying to warn her <laughs> that there's <gasps> oh, a man I in like the back that. seat with a hook for a hand waiting to kill her. So she could see the light behind her, but she couldn't see the hook. Well, because every time he would flash a light, he would, like, duck down. Mm, Got it. Got it. Okay. Are you analyzing this urban legend from (laughs) that was literally written by children? Ariana's like, that's not believable. I mean, IRL, though, if you're a woman and you get into your car, always check the backseat. If you're a person. I'm sure you all know that. I'm sure you've been doing that for years. But... This is just a PSA for men. This is what women do. Yeah. Also, lock your lock your car as soon as you get lock in it. I think that's also like a yes, a smart unlock, thing to do. Get in, look in the back seat, relock. Yes, it's important. People sketch around. We're gonna have so much gray hair so quickly. I'm surprised we're not fully gray. <laughs> like just shocks of white sprouting. I am fully gray. This is all dyed. Oh, you've just been coloring <laughs> just, it. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just have like um, Bride of Frankenstein style like trauma shocks, streaks trauma streaks, yeah. trauma shock. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm like this one was vet school. This one was that time I worked 70 hours in a week. Yeah, this is whenever oh, I boy. thought that I um, saved that document and closed it, but I didn't. Oh my god, just it just wears on my constantly. DNA. I'd be fully gray if all of that. Yeah, fully gray. Yeah, it's coming. not cool. So she <laughs> crashes her car. <laughs> She crashes her car outside of her neighbor's house and they hear her and they come out to help her. I think she buckled because I don't think she would have survived that crash if she didn't buckle. You're right. She did buckle. Always buckle. Always, always, always. Belt. Right. And but she still gets a little bit of a bloody face, but she's like well, yeah. still alive. And I'm like, this poor bitch. She's like so bloody. She crashed into a tree. <laughs> yeah. Barely alive. And then she gets Going out fast. of the car and walks towards them. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, I thought she just honked. She honked and they came to her. She, they came, they were out, like the lights turned on, they came outside and then she honked and then she got out of their car and dropped like three feet down. Bless. Like she took three steps and then dropped. Yeah. Uh, not She's cool. had a bad couple of days. Yeah. She's but we're not cuffed to the bed anymore. And that's a win. That's a win. It's the adrenaline. So cut to six months later, Jesse is monologuing about her new life as a single woman in New Orleans, I think, right? Looks like New Orleans. Is she in New Orleans? I don't know. It kind of looks New Orleans-y. Oh, okay. Um, So she's describing how she pretended to have amnesia to avoid the painful questions about what happened to her. And I'm like, bitch, stop suppressing shit. <laughs> have you <laughs> Literally, not this learned. is how we got into this mess. <laughs> what is going on? Don't do it again. <laughs> don't do it again. Uh, and then she says she used some of 
Gerald's life insurance money to start a foundation for victims of sex abuse, which Love is very it. nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, but she still has nightmares about the moonlight man watching her sleep. So she'll like Same. wake up in the middle of the night and they'll be like, yeah, literally, this is so relatable. After this movie, you will fully wake up and see the moonlight man everywhere. I did. I was like, yep. I was like, he's in my house. Like he's in my room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just not going to look. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look. Don't look. He has just for reference, guys, he has like eclipse eyes. Yeah. And like, by that, I mean, so like the eclipse is what? happens when her father's molesting her so the eclipse is related and his eyes are the eclipse so it's like super creepy because they're like black holes with like red around them and yeah. it kind of looks like it's so creepy so that's why it's like is he real is he not because he's clearly has these weird fucking eyeballs you know yeah. and it's their eclipses and it's and then when he's in the back blah, blah, seat blah, so. he has the eclipse eyes and then he also leans yeah. forward and goes mouse in her ear it's so fucking creepy. It's yeah. Well done. Well done. Beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. So she learns a little while later that they caught a serial killer with acromegaly who started digging up dead bodies Oof. and was stealing bones and jewels, but then progressed to killing people and having sex and eating the faces of male corpses. Yep. So that's cool. And so she realizes this is the guy that she saw in her house and yeah. that the Moonlight Man is real. And how it could have been worse. She could have been a guy. It could have been worse. And this explains why she was spared because he really only like eats slash sexually abuses slash whatever the males in, you know, his life or whatever. He still kills women um, though. He does. He kills women. He didn't kill her though. Um, I think but he, maybe was he was going, going to. to. He was gonna. Yeah. Um, but... When she's leaving, we see that Gerald's face is like disfigured and it looks like it had been like partially eaten. And we assume it was the dog because the dog was like there the whole time eating mm -hmm. Gerald. Or was he? Or was he a, you know, hallucination? Right. I don't know. So Gerald's face is like half eaten and we're like, oh, like maybe this guy ate his face. <laughs> cool. Oh okay. my God. This is, this is what cool. I like. I feel like so many movies try to do twists now and- the difference for me between like a good twist and a bad twist, because you anyone can make a twist. If the twist right. is, oh, okay, cool, that's that's some new information, fun. But if it makes something that you already saw scarier, ten out of ten. Yes, it was already scary on its own. It was already creep. It was already You're creepy right. on its own. And then I'm like, oh it shit, yeah, <laughs> it was real. Yeah, that got me too. I liked the twist a lot. I loved it. It was so good. And it made it so much scarier. Because they, they could have played it safe and been like, was he real? I don't know. Was he real? To this day, yeah. we don't know. But th they didn't right. do that because they gave her fucking closure. For once, she wasn't gaslit by something and she got closure on it. Wow, that's a good point. Yes. She was able to be like, wow, I'm not fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. I was just seeing a lunatic in my room. Yep. Wow. Imagine how validating that must feel. Terrifying. I didn't say it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> she decides, I guess, part of her getting through this is that she's going to go to his arraignment because he is arrested. And she's wearing a cute midi dress. She's the Brave queen of woman. midi dresses. We love it. She's got a great vibe, like so newly single woman, beautiful. We love it. She's like strutting down newly the street. Single. She's got money <laughs> from her dead from her late Ooh, husband. Single. We were just describing. She's got, 
She's got money. She's got power. She has a beautiful apartment (laughs) in NOLA. We love it. We love the vibe. I'm pretty sure it's in Alabama still. Oh, it looks like New Orleans. I don't know. And that's why it looks like New Orleans to you is because it's the same. I think it was New Orleans. Similar. I don't know. I guess we could probably look up the paper that she's reading. I'm sure they put what there are in there. But anyway, so she's at the Moonlight Man sentencing. He supposedly has said nothing since his arrest. Like he's a mute. And then when she walks in, she goes, hey, and he turns around and he quotes what she said to him and says, you're not real. You're only made made of of moonlight. moonlight. And he keeps saying that. Like he recognizes her and he's like, <gasps> you're not real. Like he's so like almost like excited to see her. Yeah. Like, oh, I remember you. And I almost ate you. Yeah. He's like, oh, hey, friend, you again. And <laughs> so she's then she sees like his face turn into Gerald's face and then his face turn into her father's Ooh. face. And then she says, you're so much smaller than I remember. And then leaves the courtroom triumphantly. Yes, queen. Cute. Cute. Yes, queen. We love it. It's very nice. And the letter that she's writing. It's a good little ending. Is because you, you you don't know who the letter is, that who she's writing this letter to. And then you realize at the end she signs it to Mouse, to her 12-year-old yeah. self. And I'm like, <laughs> the feelings. Amazing. It's very nice. The feelings that I felt. Yes, yes. I love that. I, very nice. I know in the book that she wrote the letter to someone different, although it was the same, kind of the same point, the same feeling right it's a similar vibe um yes so in the book instead of it being like gerald and um her like confident version of herself it's like her friend from college that she's hallucinating right it's like her friend from college that was like very Mm self-assured and then it was like her therapist Mm -hmm. and then this character that she creates in her head which i guess this that you know her in this movie could be But this character that she calls like Goody or like the good wife, Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to represent like her feeling like what she needs to do, like what she has to do to like please the people around her. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like, I guess they put all of these characters into one character, which I liked because it made it less confusing. And it was very entertaining um, watching her be two separate characters Mm -hmm. basically the whole time. Very cool. I think Goody, because Goody's character, the good housewife in the book is telling her help is coming like everything's going to be fine no don't 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 slit your wrist like don't do that everything's going to be okay and it's like this almost like self like yeah. you said self-sabotaging protective part. and then she's got the psychiatrist and ruth who both had come very close to i think had pretty much brought up had figured out that she had been sexually abused and like had kind of confronted her with this uh, memory that she did mm-hmm. not want to remember and so she completely cut off her therapist and completely cut off her friend ruth who was like right. her college roommate mm-hmm. and there's also a fourth character which is pumpkin and i think that in pumpkin's like a version oh, i of forgot her... about that one her childhood mm-hmm. and so i think yeah. that they just changed pumpkin to mouse is that right or is mouse in the book too mouse is in the book as well okay so it's just like maybe another pet name yeah that she had as a mm-hmm. kid Ugh, ruining yeah. all my pet names i hate, hate it. it i know hate well it. that's the thing is i call my cat mouse you know that i know i know it's ruined my it's... cat's nickname is mouse and i was like what the fuck am i watching but listen we bring it back because she cause she writes a letter to mouse and it basically is like that word has i'm taking that word back it does not have power over yeah. me anymore so you keep calling yeah. him mouse 
Wow. Keep it up. Okay. But in the in the book, I think that she wrote the letter to Ruth. Like she reached back out she to did. Ruth. She did. And roommate. it was nice. It was like, let me create these support systems for myself because I need that. I need to stop isolating myself. Very cool. Love it. Love it. Amazing. Amazing ending. Different from the book. And we can talk about what the book ending is. Well, now's a good time. (laughs) Okay. Ruin it for Um, me. (laughs) All right. So, you know, in the movie, how she uses the money to start a like sex abuse, you know, child sex abuse type um, help for people. I know Stephen King didn't write that. Yeah. She did not do that in the book. So I felt like that was a big part for me of watching her move forward was because the whole time it's like suppression of this memory. And then at the end of the movie, it's the opposite where she tells the story to all of these abuse victims to validate their stories. And I think that was presented as like a big part of her recovery. And that is not in the book. That's a shame. It's such a good theme, the theme of silence, because he talks about like um, his like I had been in handcuffs this whole time. Not Gerald's yeah. handcuffs, but like her fa- the handcuffs that her father put on her and like his handcuffs right. for silence and silencing her. Mm-hmm. Like a lack of control of her life. So very cool that Mike and Jeff came up with that together. You're right. I like it. I like it as well. The only other thing that I didn't like about the ending in the book is that the scene where she confronts the Moonlight Man, she doesn't say you look smaller. She just spits on him and walks out, which yeah. I don't like. I think it's not. I think that that like can sound like, yeah, but like, that's not really what I don't like it. I don't want it to be like, yeah, I want it to be that's like not the message. I'm, I'm taking the high road. Yeah. Like, I'm better than this. I don't I, this you doesn't do not bother me anymore. Have power you do not me. have this controller. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Also, Very they don't call good. they don't call him the Moonlight Man in the book. Oh, really? I forgot about that. What do they call him? This, uh, Space Cowboy. Oh, yes, you're right. I did not like that. I like Moonlight Man a lot more than Space Cowboy. Because when I see Space Cowboy, I just think of, what is it, Steve Miller Band? Yeah. Yeah. I can't unhear that. <laughs> I, I think it's great. I, I can imagine that being, like, something that your brain would think of in, like, just latching on to this, like, nonsense. I love it. I love the label of Space Cowboy as something creepy and maybe that doesn't exist. But I think that Moonlight Man works better for the movie. Because it's I agree. 2017. Right. Yes. And we see him and she keeps saying you're only made of moonlight. So it's kind of cool. It's very like cool. It. I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, you want me to tell you more about the book and what's a little bit different? Yeah, I want to know everything. OK, let's see. Just a couple more things. Um, the scene where Gerald at the beginning is like putting her in handcuffs and they're like maybe about to have sex. Um it's a little bit more rapey in the book um, because it's pretty rapey he, here. It's more rapey. Whoa. So there is like, you know how there's like a moment where she's like uncuff me and we'll talk about it. And he's like, what if I don't? And then he like starts to get on top of her again. That's the extent of the very rapey part in the movie. In the book, he like fully understands that she's not into it. Like he fully visually. And I think they say that he understands she's not into it. And that he still plans to go for it. And that's going to be part of it. And like he purposely ignores that and pretends she's playing along. So he the entire time in the book and maybe that's the same way in the movie, but we can't hear his thoughts. You know, it's mm-hmm. extremely rapey in the book. And yeah. the other part is that in the movie, she bites his lip. He stands up. He's upset. He has a heart attack. 
and that's how he dies. In the book, he's physically trying to rape her and she kicks him so hard in the chest that she causes the heart attack. Mm -hmm. And then he has a heart attack. He's not dead yet, but he rolls off the bed, hits his head and dies like from blood loss from the head trauma. Disgusting. So it's more of like a, a little bit more of like a, almost like a guilt because she's a little bit more like, not at fault, but like a little bit more involved in why he dies. Yeah, yeah. Responsible in the book. So it's like a little bit more guilty. And like, obviously he's more rapey in the book too. So you aren't as like, you're not like on his side or anything, but you're definitely like, okay, now she has all this trauma. She's in this terrible situation and she has the guilt of maybe just causing the death of her husband. Yeah. So it's just like a little bit more complicated, which to be honest, I kind of like that aspect of the book. That's the one thing so far that I've mentioned that I actually like about the book is this additional complexity where it's like maybe she was responsible for his death a little bit more. I don't know. I told I get that. I think in in a movie, it's it would be hard to explain that the kick to the heart caused the heart attack. You know what I mean? I think that that wouldn't I don't yeah. think it would play as nicely on screen. And he, I think that he obviously not to the extent of the book. But I, I think he it was very clear whenever because he she does kick him the first time and then he goes back and he bite and she bites him. Right. She does mm -hmm. kick him off the first time. Uh, and it is during it is while he's like she's like, I'm not having a good time. She's like, Gerald, stop. He goes, Gerald, sweetie, you're not allowed to know my name and like keeps <laughs> touching on her. Oh, he's so funny. I can't. It's so Fucking ridiculous. Ugh. So I yeah. think I think it that he was doing it just to like a more subtle degree of like pretending that yes. she's into it although i think in, right. the book, in the book it's more clear like he he acknowledges Physically, that she's not yes. into it versus and in the he's movie he's like no it. it's, it's fine you're gonna like it what We're, right. what do you mean you're a how could you be upset don't you love me like damn it yeah you know he doesn't do enough of the like emotional guilting that he does in the movie in the book he's just like a fucking rapist in the book like in the movie, he's like, don't you love me? Like trying to get her to like be a little bit more on board. That makes more sense to me for their like dynamic, their relationship. They're like, yeah, society, like high society, very put together, mm -hmm. not not a creepy, not visibly like a creepy like Chuck E. Cheese pedophile that you've described as <laughs> book Gerald. Yeah. So I think it, I think it would make more sense of this. Like, it tracks. Yeah, I think it tracks a little bit easier. Clearly, they're yeah. kind of different characters, but I'm glad they, they both they died. Are definitely, that was a big part of it. Like, she is a very similar character than in the book and in the movie, but he is definitely very different. And that's, like, one of the very first things you notice about the book is, like, oh, he's, like, this completely changes things because it's just a different vibe. It's less palatable, I think. Um, yeah. So that's one thing we hadn't talked about. And the other one, I don't know how you're going to feel about this. And maybe you know this know. already, but they actually do chapters that are from the dog's perspective. What? Bro, it's so Cocaine. weird. It's he was so weird. Sniffing that snow. Stephen King. That, it turned me off because I was like, why do we need to? Like, it wasn't even like the dog was giving us insight to like her narration and it was like unreliable. Like it, it wasn't even eating. anything like that. It was literally like, I'm a dog. I used to have a family and then I got out and I got lost and now I'm hungry. And literally it was like <laughs> his motivation for like everything that happens is like, he's just hungry. 
Like we already know that. Like, you don't yes. need a chapter to tell us that. He's fully hungry. His name is Prince in the book. And he refers to himself as Prince because that's what his own, his recent owners called him, which I think is cute. And it's she calls cute. him her little prince at some point when she's feeding him. She's like, come here, my little prince, which Aww. I think is a reference to the book and his yeah. like weird, random character <laughs> development in the book for no reason. Um, yeah. But the movie, very smartly, did not in any way involve that. What if they did? <laughs> I would have... Just I would a have talking ascended dog. to another plane if it suddenly took on the it's dog's too perspective. Much. Oh my god, it was stupid and really pointless in my opinion. I'm telling you, I it's just like drugs. drugs. Like I don't even. Drugs. It's just drugs that no one in their All right the mind. Yes. Also, bless, bless Stephen King, and I read his stuff, but sometimes you're in a chapter and you're like, "Why do we need any of this chapter?" I'm like, "Oh." That's why this book is 8,000 pages long. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yes. That's why I had to take a break when I was reading it because there were like full chapters where it was just like her laying in bed describing her body. I shit not. <laughs> okay. And I was like, what am I reading? Uh, I don't like this. Ew, uh, I don't care. Yeah. That's correct. It's almost like a book written by a man for women, but for men. <laughs> that's exactly. So that's what I'm saying is these these people who are these men who are writing women like this don't un, do not realize they are not aware that that's not that that's laughable, yes. that it's laughable yes. to be describing your any part of your body except maybe an injured part while you are chained to a bed and your yes. dead husband's on the ground. No one's like, hmm, my hips look nice. <laughs> That's the thing is like she is her own narrator the entire time. And so it's either like she describes the surroundings and what things look like or we as the audience have no idea what anything's going on. So it's either like she describes things in a real way or she describes things in a way that a traumatized normal woman would which would be like self-loathing <laughs> yeah and yeah and then it would be like an unreliable narrator so I understand a little bit why he did it but at the same time it's like I don't want this I, I am not interested it. in this yeah I, I and I think that can be a I think that's one of like for me that's a major flaw or something that turns me off of writing really quickly or like and whenever I'm reading like someone's work if in the first chapter you feel the need to have your character stand in front of a mirror and describe their hair color and their eye color. Like, unnecessary. If it's important, bring it up when it comes up, but it takes me out of it. Also, like, yeah. I can figure it out on my own. You know what I mean? I'll, ma I'll make an image. That being said, though, it is it does, like, take you take a step back if you're reading and you're, like, halfway through the book and then they mention, like, the character's ethnicity. And you're like, oh, I didn't realize, like, I was, I'm a fucking asshole because I'm picturing them as, like, a white person, but they're like not white. You know what I mean? And then I feel like an asshole. Mm. <laughs> that happened with someone recently. I forget. It was like a character in a, in a book or something. And I just am, you know, whitewashed and an asshole. So I assume they were white. And then halfway through, we learned that they were um, Asian, I think. And I was like, oh, like, I'm stupid. You're a racist. <laughs> I'm fucking racist. Uh. <laughs> oh, that that is. Um, but also, like people of color, like constantly are saying, please stop describing like it's like there's another subreddit I have that's like white people writing black characters. Yeah. And yeah, the 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 description of I'm sure black they have the same issue skin and they're always using foods to describe it. And it's like, a, you're right. A major trope. And it's like, stop it. Like, figure something else out. <laughs> Just we don't like it. it. It's oh my burdens God, not so on me. Weird. It's on you. That's so fucking weird. I'm happy Ugh. you're writing characters of color. 
maybe ask someone of color to edit your writing. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the problem, right? Is like, we want all these things, but we do have to go step by step. And that's why I need to let go of the idea that I was talking about before, where it's like, I need more. It's like, I should just be thankful where we're at right now with the progression of, you know, feminism and literary and cinema, you know, I don't know. I just feel like I need to like, it's better. better. I need to lower my standards a little bit. (laughs) Just like, yeah, we got to celebrate some milestones. Otherwise we'll always be unsatisfied. You're right. But I, but I also applaud you for, um, having those standards and not letting go of them. It's one of, one of the things that I love about you. So <laughs> the internal rage, I also hate it. <laughs> I'm also like, Oh my God, it doesn't let matter. it go. <laughs> I love it. Wait, I have one more thing I want to talk to you about. So I want to see how many Stephen King references you've noticed in this movie. Oh, Stephen um, King universe. I don't think I really noticed any. <gasps> oh, Ooh, oh, damn. she's like, you look I like noticed, an idiot right now. You look like a fucking idiot now. <laughs> like a fucking I noob. noticed two of them and then I found two more. Tell me. Okay. I love that stuff though. Yes, I know me too. I'm like universe. It's all connected. So there's a midnight mass book on the shelf. Yes. Yes. I did see that. I did, you see, did the see the midnight that, mass I'm sure. book. I'm like, how did she not? You definitely I definitely saw, saw them, And I wrote it down in my notebook that I don't have right now. Yes. They're amazing. The book that's above on the shelf above her. It just says Midnight Mass on it. Yes. <laughs> it's just a black yes. book. It said Midnight Mass, which hadn't come out yet. And there's a yet. close-up of it for yeah. some reason. I think when they're like putting the water on the shelf or something. Yeah. There's a close-up. Um, number two, Gerald calls the dog Cujo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's good. It's a good one. Yeah. I, 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 I think I like I didn't even recognize that as a Stephen King reference because it's like. I know because it's like mainstream it's so, people do that all the time. Yeah, it's like saying Kleenex or Xerox, you know, like You're right. evil dog Cujo. You're right. Yep. I still I haven't read or seen Cujo. I feel like I get the idea. I've seen scenes from it, but I haven't seen the whole thing. I've seen scenes from it with the little St. Bernard. I think I would be interested in watching it. Maybe we could do it for one of these podcasts. I feel like after (laughs) all of this, we're going to do a Stephen King poll after we've just like raked him over the coals. (laughs) Destroyed him. We're like, again, we need a a palate cleanser. I think We do. (laughs) Or a few palate cleansers. Yeah. Is so, Kujo a girl? Does he describe his little dog body? <laughs> I looked down at my I luscious can't. tail. My harness was extra clean today. Extra gorgeous today. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah. So the the other one is one that I read online. I didn't catch this one, but um, so Gerald tells Jesse. This is a quote. He says, "Everything dies. All things serve the beam." that ring a bell for you the beam no there's i'm trying apparently i got it in in the dark tower oh i haven't read those there are six beams that hold up the worlds yeah, yeah, yeah. so that, i guess that's like a dark tower reference and then the last yeah. one which i think is pretty cool is dolores claiborne have you read that one no but i, I know about it i know that i know okay. and i know how it is in that like how it relates to gerald's game amazing yes but so, a lot of people don't uh, so why don't you do tell, tell us no you tell us well, basically, I don't know the character Dolores Claiborne, but they were the the plan whenever he was initially initially writing the book. King was writing the book was that this would be um, a sequel in that universe, like a direct a direct tie to the Dolores Claiborne novel. And then he ultimately decided not to. Cool. As he was writing it. Wow. So this was supposed to be a sequel. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. Which I haven't read it, so I don't really know what that means or how they're related. Yeah. So so this story is a story of a woman who kills her husband for molesting their daughter. Oh, so yeah. So it's connected similarly. And then it also happens the same weekend as the um, flashback where her dad molests her. The murder of this woman that kills her husband, it happens on the 4th of July weekend in the same <gasps> year. Solar eclipse. And it happens during a solar eclipse. Ah, so I didn't know that. like as these things are happening simultaneously, it's the same year, the same weekend, and there's a solar eclipse, which I think is very fucking cool. See, like, and I'm, and the man has his faults. I don't, God knows he's not perfect, but he, he's a very good writer in other aspects, which is why we put up with this shit. I know. Yeah. That's very clever. Yes. Very cool. Well, there's one more too. So Jesse at a specific point actually references a dream that she's had where she sees a woman wearing a red dress standing over a well. And that is the cover art for the Dolores Claiborne <gasps> novel. Oh, I love that. That's so cool because it's kind of a random comment, which is why I was like, I wonder if her mom wears red at some point. Yeah. Like, I'm going to pay attention. Does she wear red at the end? Never saw a woman in a red dress, oh never heard gosh. a well referenced in anything. But like they kind of turned the comment into being like, are you the girl in the well? Like, are you also the woman watching yourself in the yeah. well? Like, are you watching yourself have to, you know, stuff that shit down? Yeah. And so it's like, OK, maybe it's just symbolism or whatever, but it's actually a direct reference because there's Love a it. woman at the top of a well staring down the well for that book's cover. And there's got to be a reason cool. why that's the cover art. Someone, someone yes. who's read the book, that's going to be that's going to tie very deeply to I'm sure. And that's why I like that's that's why the Mike Flanagan Stephen King combo is so strong. It's like that's 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 someone who's also a fan of King's work. You know what I mean? Like yes. He gets it. Mm -hmm. He's passionate about it. And he's doing yeah. like really good fan service. <laughs> so we're here for it. He also knows that King is very um, referential of his own works in yes. his works. So I feel like it's almost like he took that aspect and put it in the movie just as like a nod to him, which I think is pretty cool. I would love for Mike Flanagan to do some Stephen King miniseries because I think that's I think that's where King really shines is in a good miniseries. Yeah. Um, because his books are so goddamn long. Like Midnight Mass? Like Midnight Mass, except for, no, that one's perfect. Stay away from it. King, keep your yeah. grubby paws <laughs> away from Midnight Mass. <laughs> but I could, I would we do it. the Stand miniseries, not the new one. I don't really, and I haven't watched it, so no one come at me if it's good, but it didn't look very good to me. But I'd do it if Mike Flanagan was on board. Amazing. Um, one more Easter egg. It's going to blow your mind. It blew my mind. I love this. I love it. Did you recognize the headboard? The headboard? No. And it's like a main character of this movie. I know. It really is. So that is the lasser glass from Oculus. No, it's not. I Googled it. It looks exactly the, the same. The headboard is the mirror from the movie Oculus. Yes. It's the... It's not like an exact like cutoff made into a headboard, but it's the exact design of the lasser glass. Oh, I understand. Not the I'm thinking of the bed posts. I under I see it now. Yes. Right. The headboard. The, the headboard is like the swirly yes. same color wood, same design as the mirror from Oculus. Oh my god. Very it's cool. Like, it's like Mike Flanagan is doing that specifically for you, Ariana. He did it for me. He did it for you. I love you, Mikey. <laughs> Mikey Flanny. I'm Mikey. your biggest fan. You're perfect. <laughs>
That makes me so happy because I didn't catch any of that. And I am obsessed with yeah. all of those things. Me too. When I saw that, I was like, oh my God, amazing. This is the best. That's a true Easter, Easter egg. egg. I feel yeah. like whenever a lot of times people are like, did you see that Easter egg? And it's like just something in plain sight just there. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Mm, like, like the, the midnight, midnight mask book, book, which like I saw that one. Right. You know what I mean? It's hard to miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard but to miss. He zooms shit. in on it. Yeah. Oh, Easter exit when you see it, it like again, like makes it a deeper connection to the movie. Love yes, it. you're right. You're right. And it's like that extra mile, like you're doing an extra thing for the people yes. who want that, who want to know. Amazing. Amazing. And in conclusion, Mike Flanagan is awesome. And Stephen King's I, I guess. <laughs> he's, listen, <laughs> I hope he's learned. He's written a lot of stuff. <sighs> I'm not canceling him yet. He's a legend. I just didn't like this one book he did. I can under, I don't either. I don't either. Yeah. And I don't think I'm going to read it. But I think I'm happy to know. I Like you have to be ignorant to write a book with that kind of intention. If you're going to take like the creepy intention, the, like the sexualization of the little girl or whatever, and then dedicate it to your wife and five sisters. So I think, yeah. and then to have yes. her like spit on him at the end. Like I know what, I, I see what he's going for. It's his version of female empowerment. He just like, Ugh. But also, so close, it just bro. doesn't fit with her as a character. It doesn't, no. like, she's so proper and cute and beautiful. She just doesn't seem like she would, like, go up to someone and spit on someone. That seems like something, no. I don't know, not she wouldn't do. But it does no. seem like she would go up to someone and be like, you seem so much smaller than I remember. Like, she's just so, that. like, proper and cute. And she says that earlier in the movie, and you probably caught that too, right? No, I have no idea. So when her family gets to the lake, like when in a flashback, when she's a child, her family arrives to the lake house and she looks at the house and says, wow, it's a lot smaller than I remember. Oh, I didn't And catch that. then her dad hears her say that and says, yeah, mouse, it's because you're bigger now. And so Ugh. it's kind of cool. At that moment, you're like, fuck you. But then at the end, it's like she's saying it because she's bigger than that now. What good writing. <laughs> I know. Like I know. Impressed. It's fucking great. I know. And I think I told you whenever we first watched this movie, like a billion years ago, um, I watched I was pet sitting whenever I first watched this movie and I was in someone's house that they were using like red sheer curtains. And so okay. the room oh, was lit up red like a solar oh, eclipse God. the whole time. And I watched it alone and I was terrified. And then I had to sleep <laughs> in there in a house full of corners <laughs> that I don't know who's in those corners. Terrified. And then as soon as I went home the next day, I sat down with Nick and I was like, you're going to watch this movie with me. Yeah. We watched it again. And then I went to Emma's the week later. I'm like, you're going to watch this movie You need to watch me. this yeah. again. I'm going to take a break for it for a minute, though. There is a scene, though, that I was like, that wouldn't happen. I, I pulled in Ariana. I was like, that wouldn't happen, which is where she <laughs> is falling asleep and then she feels something licking her feet. Oh, and I she love that. Hallucinates. I, it's my favorite. See, I'm surprised that you liked it because like she hallucinates and she sees the the space cowboy the moonlight man licking her feet and it's like ah and he realizes it's a hallucination it's the dog and then prince the dog like licks her foot and then like bites it like once it's like yum hungry yeah but dogs don't really do that like <laughs> if they're, they definitely wouldn't yeah they would not like lick lick it before they you know what i mean that's not the flavor they're going for they're going for the good bits underneath the your sweaty skin Ew, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And also he has a full meal two feet away from him of Gerald. So it's like just He's eat got the body the hunger. that's there. He wants it fresher. It's just, yeah, but it's like also she's going to kick him in the face. So like 
what's the trade-off here? But I, I agree. I don't think the dog would do that. I, that being said, that's my favorite scene because I love <laughs> the scene where she wakes up and someone's licking her foot and he has the you eyes. Know, eclipse eyes and he's like, <laughs> and you're like, oh my fucking God. I wonder if the <laughs> um, actor really had to do that or if that was like somehow like a, like something CGI or like it was so quick that like they got away with like creating it on a computer or something. I don't know. Why would you do that when you have a perfectly fine pair of feet right there? <laughs> you know what I mean? I wonder, I wonder what happened. I wonder if they were like, listen, you're going to have to lick a foot. <laughs> I, I mean, it's I would lick a foot for art. Done. I don't know if I would. I don't know. What? I don't I don't think I would. I think it would haunt me forever. I am really grossed out by feet, though. You are grossed out by what if they were fresh feet? I would still gross me out. Maybe. OK, let me take a step back. I think that it would have to be a lot of money for me to lick a man's foot, but I would lick a woman's foot for a lot less money. Yeah, it's a woman's foot. I know. But would I lick Carla Gugino's? Yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm like, say it. Lead her to it. Say it. <laughs> I didn't say it. You said. Let's all be Give real. Give me your toes. Give me your big toe. I think I could lick a foot. I don't think it would be that big a deal for me. I'm not like into licking feet, but if I needed to do it, I think I could get it done. Kate's like, I would do it pretty I quickly. I would do it and I would like it. I would never let them use my budget for C. If I was if I was the director and they're like, we're going to have to CGI this foot because our actress Ariana is refusing to have her foot licked. I'd be like, <laughs> He'd be like, you're fired. Scooch over. I'm going to just stick my foot in the shot. It makes me think of, um, so in Stranger Things, I don't know how I know this, in Stranger Things in the first season, the main character, the character who plays like the main little boy, I don't remember what the, any of their names are, but who plays the main little boy, he didn't know how to ride a bike. And what? so there is this whole video I saw an interview with the artist, the special effects artist of Stranger Things. This is going to tell you how much Netflix, how much money they funneled into this movie. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And they show the whole process of how they had a different, they had a body double and like they would have him on a stationary bike and film that on a green screen and then have a body double and they would put the face on that way. And they're like, yeah, it was so expensive to do. And the interviewer just goes, couldn't you have just taught him how to ride a bike? Yeah. <laughs> and they have nothing to say. They're just like, they hadn't even thought of that. They were just like, all right, we'll do this. We, we'll do this. We'll, I'm like, what a fucking, I guess if you've got Netflix dollars. I wonder if the actor was like, I'm not doing this. Or maybe they were like, this is too kid. dangerous of a stunt for you to do as the main person. All the other kids are on their bikes. No, I know. But I mean, like, as someone who doesn't know how to ride a bike, like you usually fall a few times at the beginning and maybe they didn't want him to fall at all because then he would have been like out of the shot or out of the movie. Out of I the would, show. don't know that I would have hired a child that couldn't ride a bike for Stranger Things, a story where they're always on their bikes. All on bikes, constantly. Bikes, bikes are the own character. <laughs> they are. It's just them and their bikes. And you're telling me that's not, he didn't even do that. I'm like, bro, you're just right. <laughs> teach him how to ride a bike. Well, but, but one more thing. I want to talk about the Rotten Tomatoes for this movie. I'm sure you know them. Because I actually already know what it is. I know. You already know them. Yeah. Because we, we've uh, talked, we talked about, about this movie. Times. So much. And at that time, it, was, it wasn't going to be on the podcast, so I looked it up. And it yeah. did nicely. It did well, yes. The critics, 91% from critics. Whoa. Really high. Very good. We like that. Um, I approve. Movie. I think this deserves to be in the 90s for sure. I agree. Audience was 70% because they didn't get it. Oh, <laughs> they didn't get it. Mm -mm. lame uh, I guess some people Ugh. don't like seeing hands turned inside out you know whatever that's the best part though yeah you know it doesn't <laughs> make sense and it's not necessary but yeah I mean it's very Kate necessary so mad 
I can't. Tate is Stop so easy. trolling me. I'm going to be all angry when we get to talk to Lamar. <laughs> I'm going to be raging. I love it. I love it. Well, enough. You've heard us talking for way too long. So now it's time for the man of the hour. Drum roll. I'm doing a drum roll because Lamar <laughs> is here, so he can't edit one in. Da, 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 da. The one, the only, our savior, our editor, Lamar, oh, everyone. Wow. <laughs> Lamar is here. Hi, club members. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so Lamar is our fantastic. He's been a part of like the Nightlight crew for almost exactly yeah. a year. We looked it up. Yeah. Anniversary. Pretty much exactly a year. Coming up in September, I yes, think, right? Yeah, so over a year, yeah. a little, a year and some change. Yeah, yeah. And I can say personally, like, holy shit, am I so appreciative for Lamar and everything that he does? Because it used to be like me and Ariana working full-time hours and then doing the podcast and then having to find time to edit through all of the bullshit that we say <laughs> and make it nice and lean for you guys. Oh my God. It's so much bullshit. It's so much. We just ramble. We just talk too much. Um, but Lamar has actually saved our lives and has been an incredible asset to this club. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Oh, sucks. Yeah. yeah. You're our king. Yeah. No, it's been great. I love, I love editing for you. Guys, oh, that's honestly. so sweet. Yeah, yeah. We're constantly like Lamar. Th- we're going to have to go pee again. Lamar. We need to pee again. <laughs> Lamar edits out our pee breaks. <laughs> no, honestly, it's like perfect because it lines up with my pee break. So it works. It works. Yes. Dream. <laughs> I knew it was meant to be. And he's a Philly boy. If I'm not, if I'm not wrong, is that right? Well, he's in Collingswood with me. Yeah, right outside of Philly. So yeah. pretty oh much. Oh my god, yeah. to like the cute area, like right outside of Philly. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh my yeah. god, amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, first of all, just thank you for being a part of this team and doing everything that you do but also thank you for bringing up Gerald's game because we've been wanting to cover yeah. this for literally so long it's been on polls it's been on yeah. polls for like multiple years I feel like and almost wins yeah yeah I was so gonna close. say I'm surprised that it hasn't like ever it's always it's right great. there it's always really close yeah but yeah. then uh-huh. Lamar whenever we did the Lamar poll it like everybody went straight for it yeah it took everything down yeah for sure I was going to say, so what came in second place? Like, did any other movies get any votes? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Everything got a vote. I think Us came in second Us, place. Us, I think, was second. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Then yeah. that's one that Ariana has also been trying to. So whenever you mentioned that, I'm like, oh. So yeah. I, I have a feeling that we're going to have a Jordan Peele poll Finally. soon. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, why the fuck yes. have we not covered any of these movies? This is making me angry. We got Nope. Yeah. We got Get Out that we have not discussed. Mm. I know. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to have a Jordan Peele poll. But um, Gerald's Game. So you've heard us blabbing on. So I want to know, like, why this is one of your favorite scary movies. Yes. Oh, my God. So I guess it was like one of my worst fears, I feel like. Like. You guys are really mm. going to get to know me a little bit. So. Good. <laughs> and and some, of the, some of the club members. So, because I'm going to tell my business just a little bit. Tell us your business. Uh, Give us the tea. Yeah. <laughs> so, listen, I mean, this is a sex positive club. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Amen. So, listen, tie me up, buy me, chain me, cuff yeah. me. Do what you got to do, right? <laughs> do what you got to do. Just don't fucking die. Just like, don't it's so die. Simple. 
Just don't die. Please. Right? Just don't put me in a in a whole ass predicament like our girl Jesse was. She was in a whole <laughs> yeah. predicament. That is true. And so that's my thing. It's just... <laughs> so when I first saw this movie, I was like, oh my God, this is literally one of my worst fears. Now this, this is horror. Like this is what it's like, I like. If for. you're going to, like I'm into it, but if you have a heart condition, mm. maybe leave the key within reach. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, honestly, true. The heart condition, taking Viagra, this poor guy. Mm-hmm. I need to know what medications you're on. Are you on a blood thinner? <laughs> I need a list of your meds. <laughs> yes, yes. No, that key, that key was way too far. Way too far. And she had to ask him. She had to ask him to unlock them a couple times. Yes, she like, did. Mm-hmm. Way too many times, especially when they tried to have that little heart to heart conversation about oh, what's going on in our marriage. Like that took. He took way too long to like want to. Right. But he didn't even want to uncover her. He didn't even want to because he was on his weirdo sketchy. shit. Yeah. yeah like, do you think that he would have? If she was about her shit, like, yo, take me out of these cuffs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. If she had spoke up and been like, listen, we can have this talk after you uncuff me. Like, absolutely. Like, yep. but yeah, that whole fantasy, he was getting a little too caught up. A little in too that. much. So can I lost. ask you, have you read the book, Lamar? Because he's so much rapier in the book. It's I up. have it. And yeah, I heard you guys talking oh about God. that. I don't want to. Don't read no, it. Don't. Lamar, don't. Listen, I I, I'm, I'm on Lamar's yeah. side where it's like I can separate the movie from the book because I haven't read the book. So the movie is great. Yeah. But bless him. <laughs> we know Stephen King is problematic. We know this. Yeah, yeah. We accept the good with the bad. Right, right. I'm very visual. I don't know if I can read a book like like this, like a story like this. I don't know. It, it was hard. It, it's like, yeah. it takes longer than like one and a half hours or however long right I was gonna say yeah Yeah, my attention span just doesn't work like that so what did you how did you feel about like the moonlight man I at first I know when I first saw the movie I was like is he really necessary I don't know interesting you felt like it was distracting a little bit because I was just like I, I think what bothered me about it was the fact that I couldn't I couldn't decipher whether or not if he was real. Like, I didn't know what the vibes were. So I was just, like, kind of bothered by that a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Lamar said, I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Declare yourself. But, I mean, I... uh, But finding out that he, he is real, I get it. And why he didn't really touch her, like... Why he didn't eat her? Right. Um, I I get it, and I guess it did. It did add a little bit of like spook to the movie. Supernatural. Uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I dig it. I, I I do dig it. But at <laughs> first, I will admit, I was I wasn't really one hundred percent on board with the Moonlight Man. I thought he was just kind of like distracting there. But I'm like, okay, move out the way. Okay, you're like I'm yeah. handcuffed to the like, bed. I can't deal with you right, right now. Right. Exactly. It was too many things. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like supernatural horror is like not your vibe in general, or do you tend to like other types of supernatural horror, just not oh, this no. specific? One? I dig supernatural horror. I really, really do. I just don't know. I don't know. I feel like he didn't. For me, again, initially watching, when I watched it again. I was like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. But initially <laughs> watching it, I was just like, I don't really, I can't with him. I like, can't. I don't know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I love the movie still. And also, like, another reason why I love this movie is because it's all about, like, 
you know, taking your traumas and like transmuting that into this beautiful energy that then helps other people do the same thing with her starting her foundation and speaking up. So like all about that, you know, that's like a pretty big theme in my life too. So I'm like, yes. Yes, Jesse. Love that. Love that shit. Ain't it up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Really good ending. I (laughs) love that. Okay. Because you sent me a couple of other horror movies because whenever we first started talking like a year ago, I was like, okay, well, like what Mm -hmm. kind of horror movies are you into? And you had some Mm -hmm. other ones that are very different. Mm -hmm. Like, why don't you tell us about some of your tastes in horror? (laughs) Because it's quite diverse. Yeah, I'm more like Ariana where I like like very psychological, very dark, very like... Like really spooky. If you're if you're gonna be a horror movie, really give me horror. Mm-hmm. Really scare me. <laughs> like make me scared to like wanna like be alone. You know what I mean? <laughs> so <laughs> so I don't know. I just I like um not too much gore, but I don't know. Like the the list of movies that were on this poll were very much my vibe. Like you said, they were all very different. But I feel like the other movies definitely had a lot more kills. I like kills, I good kills. Um, like Hellraiser, great. Hellraiser. Which I'm surprised. No, 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 no. We're watching it. Like it's non-negotiable. It's like a, it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of like when. Yeah, it keeps coming up, so it'll happen it at some point. It keeps coming up. Yeah. It took a year to get Gerald's game, so who knows? And it's a it's a '80s movie too, so I'm surprised know. for real. I was just wondering <laughs> yeah. if Ariana would like Hellraiser because I'm I've been literally abstaining yeah. from watching it because so many people have recommended it, and a lot of times when people recommend mm. movies, I just watch them anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But this one, I've I'm like, I know that it's gonna get covered, and I want to watch it. Like when Ariana watches it, like for that yeah, reason, yeah, I would yeah. love to watch it because it is like very. I my idea of it isn't it like this supernatural guy, and he like isn't he like torturey yes. kind of? Yeah, Does he torture yeah. It's people? a whole it's a whole game. Yes, it's like uh, him, okay. him and his goons. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really okay. good. no the 2022 version, the newer one that scared the shit out of me to the point where I was like, I want to watch the other Hellraisers, but I'm really scared. Like this one was yeah. scary. Really? Like, spooked yeah. the fuck out of me. Yes. Like, Ooh. really good. Etching my seat the whole time. Like, the effects were cool. That's why I'm like, you guys have to cover yeah. the, the 2022 version. The 80s one for sure, yes, because the effects are great too. But the the 2022 version effects were really cool. The costumes are great. Performances are great. Everybody came to work. Everyone like, came to work. Yeah. I've heard that. So I yeah, would love yeah, if we really did like good. a full, like, just Hellraiser. Like, just the entire episode is Hellraiser. We talk about the 80s yeah. one, the 2022 one, all oh, of it. Oh, yeah. Good idea. Because then we're both happy, Ariana. <laughs> and Lamar oh, is gosh. very happy. Yeah. Yeah, we should do yeah. that more often where we watch like two movies and we talk about two movies and how they're different, I like love a remake. That. That's dope. Yeah. We should do Good that. Good idea, more often. Lamar. Fire. Lamar's so smart. And you guys can't tell because it's a podcast, but he's also very cute. We love him. Oh, thank you. He's too perfect for this world. Well, Lamar, um, I want you to do something for me. So this is the part where, as you know, where we're going to rate the episode, rate the movie. And we each Mm -hmm. do it independently. It's one to ten. I'll have Ariana go first. I'll go next. And then you let us know your opinion. Sound good? Got you, got you. Yes, sounds great. Nice. Amazing. All right, I'm going to go first. So (laughs) tell us. So when I first saw this movie in 2017 or whenever it came out, um, 
I loved it. I was like, damn, it felt like a hidden gem because it was a Netflix original. I was very entertained. Um, there's a lot of different components, obviously, to the movie. We have the survivalist horror with her trying to not die and become dehydrated. And that is we your shit right there. Rapey mm-hmm. horror, which I I like that shit because it's a real feminist problem. Yeah. Um, and then we have Supernatural, which is, you know, the Moonlight Man and him <laughs> creeping around and having those fucking creepy ass uh, eclipse eyes. I yes. love that shit. I mean, I it had a lot of components that I liked. I have critiqued um, Stephen King before because he has too many components, I think, and doesn't go deep enough into some components. Okay. Mm. So that being said, I agree with Lamar in that, you know, some of the components are distracting, like things Mm. that we did not need at all. Like, I feel like the dog was the only purpose the dog served was to complicate the who ate the, you know, who ate his face. And, you know, it, it really didn't, matter that much to the story Hmm. um i also think that me having read the book it really skews my vibe for a lot of different things it Mm. just makes it a little bit less shit like a little bit more shitty like when i saw the movie i loved the movie and then i read the book because i loved the movie and it just brought down my energy for the movie a little bit (laughs) because it made me feel like i knew the characters a little too well and i didn't like what i saw i don't know Mm. so it's still a great movie. I still very much enjoy it. It's just not one of my top favorites anymore. Mm. I also think that I OD'd on it in 2017 and 2018 <laughs> because I watched we it with it. like many friends within a matter yeah. of a year. So that's probably a component of it. So like in 10 years, I'll probably love it again. You know, who knows? But yeah. anyway, so for that reason, I'm going to give it eight out of 10 tablets nice. of Viagra. Oh no, that's too many. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <Yay>. Definitely get <laughs> a heart attack. Eight Viagra. Tablets. Not the Viagra. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. That's interesting because yeah, um, I watched this back in whenever it first came out and I remember talking to Ariana about it and you definitely were more enthusiastic then. I do think that the book, I, was. I do think the book has skewed you a bit and that's fine. Like, I'm not going to say that's not natural. Like that's completely, you can't separate them. Yeah. For me, um, was so excited when this won because this for me, I'm not like a, a lot of people like thriller movies and I typically don't. I kind of, they just, they're, they're always missing something for me. And now I've learned that that something is like horror. So Gerald's mm-hmm. game did, so, it was like a really good horror movie, but it was also a really good thriller in that I think it had like the perfect pacing yeah. for it. Like it would ramp up. And then it would let you breathe and it would ramp up. Then it would pause and it would like push it further. So your adrenaline just like Mm -hmm. really like my I was on the edge of my seat the first time I was watching this. It was just like, yeah, pure adrenaline. And the jump scares were really effective, but also really clever. Like I really enjoyed whenever there was that shot of her like coming to after she passes out. And it's just like an immediate cut shot to the hallway with the Moonlight Man at the end. Yeah. That, that's like one of the, that was a very impressive so moment. Scary. I feel like they had built up to it very effectively with the Moonlight Man being in the corner and then her trying to get out before it was dark. So I don't know. I, I thought the pacing was really, really good. It also had some, for me, very unique and horrifying jump scares. And I'm not a jump scare girl, but mm. the dog licking her toe whenever. The best. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was just great. And then obviously I'm obsessed with Carla Gugino. 
but also Bruce Greenwood was amazing in this. The performances were so good. I loved her talking to like the warring aspects of her brain and like her, her, her version of herself keeping her grounded and her husband just like fucking with her head. I thought that was very poignant. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was really good. I, and I love a survivor story, especially a, a clever one where the survivor has to be like think critically and problem solve. So and then we add the corner man and everyone knows I'm terrified of corners. So that's true. <laughs> I, I loved it. So for me, this is like 10 out of 10 corner people. Ooh, Easy. 10 out wow. of 10. <laughs> nice. Absolutely. Nice. But my yeah. opinion, who cares? We're, I want to know what Lamar thinks about this movie. Yes. <laughs> Tell us. Yeah. You guys pretty much like said everything <laughs> that I feel. We talk a lot. <laughs> and, and then also like, I feel like I kind of, uh, I mean, obviously I love this movie because it was on the poll and I came in already talking about how much I loved it and that like, it was one of my worst fears. So, it was really it was like true horror to yeah me. that's so, so scary <laughs> yeah i'm gonna say it was <clears throat> i'm just gonna do it fuck it it was a 10 out of 10 i'm gonna say <laughs> wedding rings yes! and the moonlight man's box that's a good one. <laughs> trinkets yes. for the yes. moonlight man yes. <laughs> lamar i'm so that was i love that moment where she's just like disoriented and she's like here you fucking go yeah just tosses right, it in exactly. his little box yes 10 yeah. out of 10 Listen, yes. even with Ariana with her very, very low eight out of ten, I think <laughs> oh, I think we so can all low. agree, which is basically an eleven out of ten for Ariana. But I, I think we can agree this movie is amazing. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, please watch it. Netflix original, mwah, Mike Flanagan, mwah, Carly Gugino, mwah, Lamar. Yes. Mwah. It just has all my favorite things. So <laughs> yeah. without further ado, I think it's time to head over to our scoreboard on our website. Scoreboard. Scoreboard. Amazing. So our website, which Ariana designed and is so pretty, is nightlighthorrormovieclub.com. And then you can sneak over to our scoreboard, and that's where we rank all of the movies we cover pretty much. So... I kind of want Lamar to help us decide. Yeah. Mm. Definitely. I think that this is definitely a high movie, a higher movie, a top, top half for me. Definitely. Yes, for sure. I uh, see. That's the thing. It's tricky for me to do this because a lot of these movies I haven't. Oof, I know. I haven't seen. It's a ton of movies. Yeah. So it's just like, I'm scared. <laughs> like, am I worthy <laughs> to place this? I don't know. Right, I need to, Lamar, this, this. What movies on here have you seen? Do you have it pulled yeah, out? Yeah, this scoreboard is a disaster. So I promise you're not going to make it <laughs> it's more of a disaster. Horrible. It's honestly helpful. Like when I'm like, I want to watch a really good, like scary, I want to be spooked. I literally, I turn to this list. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> So I've watched like American Psycho. I saw yes! uh, not too long ago. You guys put me on the Barbarian. You guys put me on to a lot. That's what I'm saying. Barbarian. I love editing for you guys because like you put me on to so many movies. I probably would have never like bothered to watch. So <laughs> that makes me so yeah. happy. And I get a lot um, of those recommendations yeah. like from the club. So it's like we're just mm. like throwing a big net out into the horror family <laughs> and yeah, getting yeah. all the good ones. The club's got good taste. Yeah, I must. Say. I would agree. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Top well, 30. Have you seen The Shining? Don't hate me. That's next. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I don't, know. I I don't know if you I like The Shining. I don't know really? if you like it. The Shining's a very specific taste. It is a specific really? taste. Let me see. What's a movie yeah. on here that you have seen that you can compare this one to? Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay, The Craft I've American seen. American Psycho, you said that. American right? Psycho. Yeah, yeah. It's you a great guys are one. thinking top 30. 
I would say uh, I definitely like this better than The Craft. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's been a minute for Scream. Midsommar was really good, too. I want to yeah. say it's, it's around it's around there for for me around the twenties. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. I like that spot. I do. I agree. Oculus is in the twenties. For me, this is yeah. like similar to the to Oculus. You know, the same level. What if we put this? Yeah. Well, Ariana, do you think this is better or worse than Oculus, which is a similar type of movie? It's very Mike Flanagan. <sighs> oh man, I not a king. The Oculus has. I'm going to say I like the Oculus better. That's, yeah. Yeah. Also, there's Oculus references in this movie. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's yeah. very similar. Um, I I like Oculus better, though, because I'm crazy. I, I think I made two. And I love this movie. The Oculus also got a 10 out of 10. I'm going to say maybe 23. Does yeah. that feel good for I everybody? Yeah. That's I think that's a good compromise high. there. <laughs> like I'm so impressed. Sure. Lamar, yeah. you knocked it out of the park. <laughs> Such a great movie. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so perfect. Yeah, this was a great recommendation. We finally got to do this movie. We've been itching mm-hmm. to talk about it for like multiple years. Yeah, mm-hmm. and people have written Amazing. in about this one and we're like, I know, we know. We're trying. <laughs> so thank you so Wait, much. Lamar, is this your hardcore like favorite horror movie or is it like top three or? Oh, see, that's, it's so tough for me to like favor yeah. Yeah. like things. Um, like I don't have a favorite color, favorite like food or yeah. anything. Like, I just like that's so fair. many things. That's a thing. Yeah, um, that's true. It's definitely in my like personal hall of fame. Like, I love of that. Great things. Yeah. yeah. It's, de- it's definitely up there for sure. Um, but but see, like, again, like other other horror movies I watch, like they I love a good I love kills. Like mm-hmm. I love a good yeah. quantity of kills. This one just doesn't have that. It's only mm-hmm. really one. Yeah. yeah. I like how you described a hall of fame. I think that's a really good because people will say that to me like, well, OK, oh, you do. Hey, you, you like horror movies? What's your I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. It's hard to it's hard to pin down one. It depends on your mood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to put one in my Hall of Fame, I would. I think I agree with Lamar. I think this is also in my Hall of Fame because, as Lamar knows and Ariana yeah. knows, and all you guys too, is I watched this and then I watched it and then I watched it and I watched it. So mm. very, yeah. it's very rare that I can do that with a movie. So yeah, loved this movie. If you haven't seen it, please mm. watch it, and you can thank Lamar yeah. for that. So thank you, Lamar. Yeah. <laughs> I do think this movie is also a very good movie to watch with someone who's not like super into horror yeah. like mm-hmm, people yeah. who would be like turned off by like crazy kills and would look at you like you're crazy yeah. if you're like enjoying mm-hmm. you know watching people getting tortured and murdered like mm. i think this is one of the few movies that i actually got will to watch with mm. me because mm. i was like it's intriguing like it has enough elements to where it could probably keep his attention yeah and so if you have a friend who doesn't like horror i feel like this is probably a good movie to kind of like stick their toe in the water absolutely because it's also like a thriller right Right. Yeah. It is it is more like mainstream horror, I feel like, than some other movies. Yeah. yeah. In my opinion. I would agree. Well, I just want to give a quick plug that if you like this podcast, hopefully other people do too. So help <laughs> them find our podcast. Help them join our club. Please go find us, rate us, and review us. Apple Podcasts, wherever you can. Um, we really appreciate it. And you'll feel like a really good person, a good club member. Um, but 
we have some polls up for our next movie on our Patreon. I'll post about that on our Instagram page. But if you have a recommendation for a movie you want covered, I want to know. Lamar wants to know. Ariana wants to know. Because that's how we find our movies. So email us at nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail.com. Many episode ideas, too. We're into it. But do you guys have anything else to add for this handcuff spooktacular? I do not have anything else to add, but I'm stoked for the next movie, which looks like it's going to be either um, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies <gasps> or Talk to Me. <gasps> oh, my God. Okay. Mm. We'll see. I know. We'll I know. see. I'm trying not to give too much away. We'll see. Well, until next time, you guys, stay spoopy. Stay spoopy. Stay spoopy, y'all. If you ever change your mind about leaving Bring it on.